0: This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan,
1: RJ Baylock,
0: and we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week we're gutting things out because our honor is on the line and life is nothing but utter misery and suffering as we watch spine three hundred and two in the Criterion collection: Masaki Kobayashi's Harry Curie from nineteen sixty two. But first, RJ, week three of co-hosts
1: week three of co-hosts
0: week three number three
1: you know, he, here i was starting to think it was every week was co-hosts
0: forever and ever well it, forever, it's gonna get forever. it's gonna start getting close uh we've been getting the the money is uh just flooding in we're uh, we're gonna right. drown like uncle scrooge in our bank vault but in <laughs> but let's not get ahead of ourselves because tonight for harry Carey, we are joined by friend of the show justin peterson
2: so, fellas, do more legato? Hi. <laughs> how, How's it going over there, uh, Mickey? <laughs> J- going J- pretty good. Looks like we're what entering pandemic uh, phase two. So, uh, yeah, strange times.
1: Phase two as in going back up or phase two is going down? Because we've had some complicated language in our province where phase oh, two wow. means a whole bunch of different things.
0: Hey, RJ. Well, you you hear- hear the- oh, sorry, Justin, to interrupt. RJ, you hear that thunder? Yeah, yeah I I he, just, you he just heard it. <laughs> Yeah, that's we, uh, the that's the delay.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry. If our internet's a little off tonight, it's not Skype like usual. It's because we uh, we have a severe thunderstorm watch uh, in our in Creepsville right now. So perfect timing for uh, getting Jap- turn in Japanese with uh, Jay Peterson here.
2: But uh, no, I just been hearing about this uh, Delta variant where oh, yeah. people are getting the virus again, and so yeah, it's like hitting the reset button. It's very, Four a year later.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Um in uh, Creepsville, our uh, our chief doctor uh, made a decision apparently that uh no, nah, it's over. It's good to go. Let's yeah. go. And uh even though our numbers are going up, it's like, "No, nah, we're not going to test people anymore. It's fine." And uh <laughs> it's like, "Oh, but what about kids who like can't get vaccinated? They're fine." <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. are, "Are they?" We don't know. But anyway, it's uh yeah, I think, what is it? We're, we're going into our fourth wave, potentially, here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what uh, our fall looks like in the education realm. Uh, I, I personally uh-huh. am looking forward to 10,000 students uh, all arriving at uh, Creepsville U and, I don't know, breathing at me. So, <laughs> I don't
1: know. What? Do, what do, how do they usually interact with you?
0: Oh, they've always bre- – they, I mean, because they were in a way, they couldn't touch me anymore. They couldn't breathe at me. Oh, I see. They're coming in and saying, I'm sick, but I got to get this work done.
3: <laughs> it's just like, God, dude, stay yeah. away from me. <laughs>
0: but, you know, I've, I, I've liked not being sick for, I don't know, the last 18 months plus. It's been a while since I've actually been sick, knock on the magic woods of fairies. But um, anyway, that's – yeah, it's Diarrhea good. excluded. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just – you win some you lose some
1: i'm aware i'm aware
0: yeah how's uh how's life in the carolinas justin
2: well it's kind of slowing down summer was a couple busy months there went on the road quite a bit yeah. um but you shoot august man it just it just keeps going i have uh six birthdays in my family in august so Ooh. it's nothing but craziness um including my wife's birthday which is preceded the following day by my anniversary so uh can't miss that, but um, lots of uh, possibility for disappointment there. So um, oh, I gotta know. get ready.
0: Well, I mean, most importantly mm. for you, it's it's my birthday,
1: Justin. Just so
0: mark a calendar, mm. or else just
1: look up Phil Spector's birthday. There's <laughs> a lot of overlap there, That's or right. potentially Bruce Valanche. Either either of their birthdays, if you want to know uh, Jarrett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got you you got full month. Uh, August is hell month for you as well. For me. No, for uh, Peterson.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I I say that affectionately for all of our many guests and friends.
0: Yeah. Well, as a a great person once said, uh, Sunday is the, or
2: August is the Sunday of months.
1: Who was that? Sam Sanchez? (laughs) Sorry. What anniversary
2: are you going on, RJ? It's been almost two years now.
1: For a wedding?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, two years of really married, being actually married, but we've been together for this will be twelve. So we've been long, long long for a long
2: time. Yeah, I hear that. that Twenty-one years for me.
1: Ooh, shit! You got in there real spry. You don't look a day over thirteen yourself.
2: I appreciate it. So I think you were married before. The white undershirts this evening. Such a a youthful glow.
1: Yeah, where's your white t-shirt, Jared? It's under Peterson the shirt. I... It's
0: under the shirt. You know, I, well, I, I, button. I, I. Fine, I will. You want me to pop the shirt? There, you like that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Ah, there you go. That color.
1: Yeah. Well, look at, you that.
3: at that. I like it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a little, the little showed. Not guess what? <laughs> Oliver and Jared didn't get any of that. So. uh <laughs> No, that's
1: uh, that, that's that, a Peterson w- exclusive. <laughs>
0: that's right. Yeah.
1: So, so, uh, so I was.
0: So, would... so uh, Justin, uh, you went camping. I read on, mm. on, on the Facebook. Um, so, yeah. and, and you still managed to, like, get some movies down. It's very, it gets very Barely. Good. Barely.
2: Okay. Yeah, I squeezed them all in uh, last night. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, normally try to cram in quite a bit of stuff for this show. But, uh, yeah, I had to cram in a couple last night, just in the nick of time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just barely ready. But um, I was actually... A little bit of time before the show, kind of spent some uh, my afternoon doing some notes, and I was going to find that um, what, Actium Maximus movie oh. that I was going to try to squeeze in, <laughs> and yeah. I could only find it for four bucks on Amazon, and was not going to do that. I thought, oh, that's oh. a um, trauma it, movie, isn't it? Yeah, it used to yeah. just be on
0: YouTube. YouTube. like Just like, yeah. you just watch it, but you'd be um, yeah. uh, Lloyd maybe has made uh, Maybe. Lord Lloyd uh, said, no, I got a good thing. Maybe uh, his viewership went up by like six people like in the last couple of years since we've talked about it. And he's like, whoa, I'm, I can't give away this away for free anymore.
1: I, I'm pretty sure as soon as we started talking about Active Maximus, the demand went way, way up. Mm-hmm. Way up. Yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't look like it's just full on YouTube anymore, which is too bad because uh, – that was how we both watched. I think there's, there's like clips, but uh, yeah, you got it. You got to yeah. see that thing in full.
2: And that's the yeah. reason I watched a butt crack was because it was right there on the YouTubes. Yeah. <laughs> the older oh. we get,
1: the mark of a good movie is whether it's for free on YouTube or not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, I don't care that much.
2: But okay. yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I spent a few nights sweating myself to sleep. So um, yeah, pretty warm here in the Carolinas, even up in the mountains. Um, was a leader for my uh, cub scout packs um wizarding weekend so like Ooh. all the kids divided up into the different harry potter houses and had little tri-wizard tournaments so uh yeah a lot of fun to be had all around
1: which uh which uh, potter house were you sorted I into was,
2: i was the uh hufflepuff leader so
1: Ooh, how was that
2: i enjoyed it quite a bit um the kids in my group were a little mild-mannered, so uh, we weren't the most competitive group. But um, that's probably for the best because the competitive kids seem to be also the most mischievous. So.
1: <laughs> if you ever need to stoke that fire, just show a picture of Jarrett and say, do you want to become this? <laughs> do you want to be a square? You want? you want to
0: be a square like that guy?
1: He's <laughs> say, this is what you want? Because this is what's going to happen if we're, you don't up this shit up a little bit. He, he wears
0: button shirts to podcast night. What the fuck?
1: I know it's like it's like you don't even it's like you don't even read the memo that mm-hmm. I put out weekly no yeah. like barely at all, which is frankly kind of horseshit if you're not <laughs> reading my memos
0: <laughs> they just go right into the garbage
1: I put a lot of time into those bad boys <laughs> No, a I, lot of time
0: i have to well I have to like throw it very far into the garbage it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work for me too
1: oh I see interesting, you know. yeah. So uh, if Peterson was camping all weekend, you're probably like me last time we recorded where I was just a bag of shit, just <laughs> tired, didn't know what was what anymore, just stared off for about 15 minutes, just quiet, not <laughs> knowing. I don't know. That's how I felt the last two weeks, but uh, still, maybe, maybe are, you got are, more spunk than me.
0: Are you still feeling that way over there?
1: No, I'm actually, I'm, I think I'm fine now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's good.
1: But uh, I, I was just bringing it up. Okay. Boy JP here. Was out all weekend. Uh, I get it. It's tiring. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Tiring. Well,
0: I think I guess we can uh, turn to the mailbag.
3: Whoa. So, what so do we got So in that so
0: so, so close but so far away. Seven emails once again. Not, oh man. Ah, oh, damn. It. it came through. Oh, but so it never hit 10 though. See so it only just, ever happened once. Only once and that took so much effort. So much.
1: Only ever happened once. Oh. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, well.
0: Let's see what we got here, though. Oliver <laughs> Granger, he's back already.
1: Oh, shit. It's hor-
0: right. horning in again. Uh, sure, for the good episode last week. Well, the one you were on, OG. <laughs> Let's hope JP can break the four hour mark. How about it, Justin? Oh, <laughs> you want gosh. to be here? <laughs>
3: It's, it's not a goal. But it's we'll not, see it's what not a goal. We'll see what
0: happens. We'll see. Let's see. let see if it just flows out or not. I, I'm I'm fine with, that, with it not being that long. That'd be good. Uh, I just okay. Oliver just started the 007 marathon. Why am I like this? What's your favorite 007 film? Um, I'll throw it to you too, uh, Justin. Uh, any any answers to your favorite James Bond?
2: My first one was that uh, GoldenEye. So. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, yeah, he was my Bond because he was my uh, the first one I ever watched. Um, and uh, Daniel Craig ones are good. I've seen a couple of the Sean Connery ones and the um, what's the the real cheeky guy? Um, oh, <laughs> Jared Francis Duncan. Yeah, Rancis Duncan. Uh, Rod,
0: Roger Moore.
2: Yeah, the Roger Moore oh, ones. Have yet to see the Timothy Dalton ones? Uh, my favorite. Remember that Skyfall being pretty good. I Need to watch that one again. I've been meaning to do a marathon myself. Yeah, well, because the move. Well, I
0: know um, last year a friend of mine had was like kept holding off doing the marathon because they were wanting to align it with the new movie, and then COVID kept delaying mm-hmm. that. And it was just like, oh, oh. And then I think they finally just watched them all because so they were just like, screw this, I'll just do it. it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, oh, if you're, you left out George Lazenby. Poor, poor George in his like it's my favorite uh,
1: Bond, probably. <laughs> uh,
0: supposedly that the one that he's in is like one of the better of the uh, original s- cycle of stuff. Says who? Uh people who watch these movies. I don't know. Um, uh, mm. one of our, one of our dear listeners from Creepsville, uh, Stephen. He uh, he was watching them and he had sort of the same reaction that I have with the Sean Connery Bond, which is like these are not that great, and I don't get it. But he was like the George Lazenby one was good, so I was like, "Hey, that sounds about right. I should watch that one too." But yeah, mm-hmm. Roger, Roger Moore is such a ham. He's a real ham sandwich over there. He's a he kind of falls into that school of acting that like uh, Bill Shatner does.
3: But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: For, for me, like there's just something about it, like like Adam West, where you're like, "Yeah, I don't know about this," and that's like why like those Bond movies start turning right straight into camp. Whereas even like the Connery stuff is a bit. Uh, uh, hung in cheeks as well but i don't mm-hmm. know a bit uh, but favorite bond yeah i mean i'm probably with justin like, i don't know if Goldeneye was the first one i saw but because i saw them on like tbs would do specials on james bond like way back when that they'd play up even here in canada but um i remember yeah, yeah that was the first one i saw in theater was golden mm-hmm. And I remember being like, "Well, Connery's just better though, because Con- Sean Connery's so cool because he's Indiana Jones's dad." And that was kind of like my memory of Sean Connery. But I remember like being like super disappointed when I like went back and watched those Connery bonds and being like, "I don't know about this guy. I don't know about this bond." That's like that's that's a grumpy old jerk me though, uh, feeling mm-hmm. that way. But yeah, I don't know. And, then, and, and Timothy Dalton, I don't think I've ever seen any of those movies in their entirety. Like I just. This wasn't mm. something I watched, and yeah, Daniel Craig stuff was good. I like those. Um, that post uh, Born Ultimatum aesthetic that they kind of brought to it. Yep. Um, and yeah, Skyfall is a very pretty movie with that Roger Deakins cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never saw what's it called the uh, the one before or the one after Skyfall.
3: Oh, uh, uh, Spectre, right? Spectre. Spectre.
0: Yes, I, I never yeah. saw Spectre. Don't uh, remember a thing with, about that with, movie with Batista,
2: but yeah. besides Batista? like the helicopter crazy stunt in what Mexico City. Okay,
0: RJ, mm-hmm. how about you? Yeah. How are you feeling about those Bonds? bonds
3: uh,
1: you know, I I want them. I bought uh, all the Sean Connery Bonds on Blu-ray for like ten bucks because yeah. it was on sale, and I was like, that's a pretty good deal for the collection. And um, I uh, when you when Oliver mentioned he was doing this, I was kind of like, I kind of wish I did it. Before I started Star Trek, because I would have been done in like a month probably at the right. pace I was going. Um, so I would like to do it, but uh, I don't know. I, I like Bond. I'm a typical '90s guy, I guess. where I mostly just know Goldeneye, but that's that's just from n 64 more than anything else. Like yeah, yeah. I, I I've seen it a bunch, but like I know the game more than anything. Um, I've seen a couple here in... uh oh, but I'd say probably. Yeah. I don't know. You're back. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. They're trying I'm to silence me because I'm talking about Bond.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You're you're you you don't, don't talk trash about spies.
1: Well, the broccolis and uh, their uh, Amazon watching the fleet. Mm-hmm. They are, yeah. I, I don't know. I I've only seen a couple, to be honest, but um, I did really when it came out, Casino Royale was high on my list. I was like, man, this movie is the shit. I was like, I like this thing. But uh, I don't know. I haven't watched it in many years, so I don't know if it would hold up to that. Yeah.
3: But. Yeah. Justin, Man, do, I don't
0: do, know. do you have like the big box set or anything of that? Like with the the whole whatever twenty two movies.
2: I never know. Never splurged on that. Okay. Um, got a got a few ones here and there um, along the way, but uh, yeah, there are still ones in there I haven't seen. Like the longest time I remember catching a shot into the Sean Connery one, where there was like this like volcano lair kind of like what we see later on in um the spy who shagged me i'm just like oh which bond movie is that (laughs) and i finally watched some of those austin power movies and somebody commented on my letterbox which one that was so i still need to go check that out love those tropes i'm looking up the james Mm. bond volcano lair where is it though
1: the volcano lair that sounds super cool
0: you only live twice apparently uh-huh Mm. <laughs> that easy. <laughs> G- Google, you know is the is the best yeah. sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. And in keeping with this week's film, how would you kill yourself? <laughs> Uh, Oliver writes, I once visited a gun range in Texas. I was shocked at how freely I was given three pistols, or hundreds of rounds of ammo, and told to go shoot over there. A far cry from the range I visited in Hawaii, where the guns were strapped in, you couldn't aim them at yourself. So, my plan would be to road trip around the states and end it by visiting the, the gun range. Hopefully the trip would be so fun I would back out of blowing my brains out at the end of it. Oh, you wanted a joke answer? Mm. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks, <laughs> Nick. <thanks. laughs> well, I, I asked you know. guys this
2: one time, and you totally blew me off. So, come on. <laughs> on how, how, John, you, okay. how we would kill ourselves? Yeah, you're like, well, we're doing this podcast, moving on.
1: <laughs> I I stand by that entirely. We are doing this podcast, it, and it, I don't it, think there's this is death by any th- other way this, to... This, this is a death yeah. by
0: a thousand cuts. Yes. One thousand spine a cuts.
1: A hundred percent. So, yeah. We uh we have our own qualms, but I mean maybe Jarrett's has changed. Do you have any other ways you'd like to die, Jarrett? Other
0: than the podcast, no. That's why I've chosen it.
1: I agree. I agree. Maybe maybe Peterson has a different uh
2: You know, the first thing that came day. to mind was that um that Dancer in the Dark ending where Bjork's there <laughs> singing in her mind and all of a sudden you hear that trapdoor go and that snap her around the world and Yeah, she's just hanging there dead. Mm. I guess I we mean, can go that
1: way. We could go that way for sure. I I'd come and watch. <laughs> if you want. Unless you don't want anyone there when you die, that's fine Definitely too.
2: Definitely not William Defoe and Christ* though. Not that he dies in that scene, but I'm sure he wanted to.
1: Uh he, he's doing all sorts of stuff in that movie as far as I understand it. But I don't know. I don't know, no, Jarrett. I don't know Peterson friends next uh, up did Oliver say how he would like to die yeah a gun range about?
2: oh
0: he's in okay. a, a gun range I, I
2: glossed over that point Is that like a firing squad like everyone just unloads mm-hmm.
0: on him oh no he's just one, he's gonna get access to some of those free guns that they just hand out at gun ranges they go hey have fun and you're like okay I will yeah all right but Dwyer style yeah, I see that. yeah. Next up, we got Dylan um, Frogert. I'm sticking to it. uh, With an email entitled Replacing Justin Peterson for a Week. What? (gasps) What? Howdy, creeps and Jay Peterson. Loved the sequence from last week with Jarrett simply talking to himself, uh, himself about the various Chrome browsers, trying desperately to hold the show together as all his co hosts had left permanently. It was a scene pulled straight from a non supernatural version of Unfriended. Maybe Jarrett should start a side podcast where he simply psychotically rambles to himself. Might even turn out to be a better venture. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right, I, I, I agree. I, 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 Oliver messaged me about that, saying that Rupa. Uh, quite enjoyed that so maybe maybe uh i've I made a big mistake rj
1: <laughs> i i've been saying that since day one you should have just done this by yourself the entire yeah. time i don't know do i don't want, know what you were do thinking. some
0: uh spalding gray style monologues
1: yes yeah hey, he, and, he,
0: and he killed himself too so that's fun
1: how though
0: uh i jumped jumped off a bridge i believe
1: oh well that's sad what
0: though. no Dylan continues. I'd love to get that van electroshock or have Oliver show me Hobbiton and pies, but unfortunately, I'd probably drown before I got the chance. Oh well, because that Mm. the the threat of drowning is real. Watch out, New Zealanders! Watch out,
2: guys! (laughs) Don't don't, plan on swimming there. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the water just gets you. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's a <the> movie. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, based on that
1: thing, you're nobody is safe you, in uh, you suddenly, New Zealand. You just
0: be walking down the street and then suddenly, what's that? Oh, water. Ah, oh, dead. Yep. Done. Wait, like like the lights go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Justin is on Horrible. the pod, I guess I'll ask him and the regular creeps a goat question. I just oh, rewatched wow. <laughs> The Wicker Man this week and found that a film I was disappointed with the first time uh, through is actually one of my favorites. So... Let's wow. split the question jointly. Favorite folk horror gems and any experiences similar to this one? Discovering a favorite on a rewatch. Hmm. So folk horror, uh, gems? folk horror. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that folk horror. Um, I mean, you could probably throw a
2: kill list
1: on that. Yeah. Kill list is in there.
3: Oh,
2: yeah. to... sure. I sneak it in there at the end. Yeah. Spoiler
3: yeah. <laughs> oh
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, whatever. It's on the poster.
1: Uh well Conqueror uh, Worm, Jarrett. Does that fit in there? Witchfinder General? It's it's yeah, it's got some folksy. It's a little folksy. There's actually
0: the uh Kierla Janice documentary that uh is like in these you know, whatever festival circuit that exists online. Uh it's like a yeah. whole documentary on folk horror and film. Uh that I would definitely check out whenever it comes along. Some blair witch. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Totally, and yeah, that's and that's like sure. I mean that's one of my all time fave horror movies. Um, so that's great. Wicker Man is indeed. I think that's a as a movie that you could definitely not like at all the first time, and then you come around mm-hmm. on it because it just sticks with you in a weird way. There's not very many movies like it, but uh, yeah. the the ritual
1: I think is pretty cool. Yeah, the ritual is very good. Mm-hmm. Like that one quite a yeah,
0: bit. Everyone's all about that Vavvitch.
1: The Vivich v- v- yeah. and Midsommers. What about Pie Wacket, Jared? Is that folk <laughs> horror?
0: Uh, sure, but that movie is sadly uh, not great. Uh, but, well, it's uh, Canadian, uh, though. A Dark Song, though, was uh, super good, even though, mm-hmm. I don't know, it seems mm-hmm. like not everybody feels the same way, but some people also don't love Kill List, so I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they hate folk, plain folk.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I've, I've seen other people soft on A Dark Song, too, but all I know is when I was... Up real late and it's in its last 20 minutes. I think I was like kind of overtired, and I was like watching it, and I think it actually helped. I was like, "Whoa, this
2: movie's spooky," and it got it's, me. So, what are the requirements for folk horror? I, just, I feel like straw has yeah. to be in
0: there somehow. <laughs> so, yeah, something like uh, yeah, cor- cor- cor-
2: corn husk dolls.
0: um uh, yeah. like maybe like a like a chicken claw, uh, some like <laughs> a- animal bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, some hooded figures with uh, handcrafted masks for good measure. There's always the one um, Euro horror from like a few years ago that like no one talks about at all that I think is actually pretty cool. It's called left bank, but like that gone that no one talks about that thing. I watched that like seven years ago. Maybe I watched it and had zero expectations and it was like totally blown away. And maybe it's like super mediocre, but that's, that's a, I think a a secret gem. There's the one too. uh, It's called sauna. It's a Russian
3: movie,
0: or at least it's set in, like, Russian, so it may just be, like, mm. also, like, Eastern European, but uh, doing, like, a Russian folklore thing. I never got through that movie. I I just didn't work. F- Something about the tone of it was not in the mood I was in. It's about Black Death and, and people moving across the landscape. So, <laughs> I don't know. I remember that being, like, one of those movies that I needed to rewatch. Uh, what about you, Justin? Any folk horror gems?
2: Um, yeah, just pretty, the, the, um, the, uh, what am I trying to say? The, the usual the classics, suspects. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, mm. did like that midsummer quite a bit, as you know, yep. um, Men, I probably had, I was a little underwhelmed with that one, but, um, maybe just have to watch it again. Uh, um, did like Kill List. That was, that was cool. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like pretty much all of those. Hadn't seen one I hadn't liked.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, And as far as and I think we've been asked this question before, and it's always tough to sometimes come up with ones off the top of uh, my head, anyway. uh, But watching a movie the first time and like being like Mm oh, and then you're on a rewatch, you're like oh my god, this is amazing. (laughs) Uh, It's it's that's a tough one. Uh, Do either of you two have an answer? I think I'm I'm pretty sure Justin, you've asked this before at some point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't have any. So if uh, Peterson, if you got any, man, you got to go for it because I find these questions. Extremely difficult to answer on the spot, which I mean, it's still good we get them, but uh, I just mean, I, I don't really know.
2: Personally. My go to is always uh, The Thin Red Line since I watched mm. that, you know, a couple months after seeing Private Ryan, expecting a, you know, balls to the wall, World <laughs> War II blow them up action movie, and being like, uh, what is this they are just looking at the sun through the trees what's going on here and then um you know finally started watching those criterions a few years ago and watched um uh what is it on the tree of life and it's like ooh, that's Mm -hmm. that's quite hoity-toity and then Mm -hmm. uh started from the beginning of his collection and then finally i watched um you know days of heaven and thin red line and that malik style finally clicked in and yeah i thought Thin, thin Red Line was pretty great at that point. So right, right, right. Yeah, there you go.
1: I I actually have an answer for you, Jared. Not a movie, but you know, an actor that I ca- I came around on was uh, Joel Edgerton. Because I used to think that guy sucked, and then uh, <laughs> and then I actually like based on nothing either. Like I had not even seen any movies with him, I was like, I don't like the way this guy looks. I'm not gonna like his movies. God. But then I did watch a couple, and I was like, oh, this guy's good. Whereas opposed to like Jai Courtney and Luke Evans, those guys. I knew I didn't like them, and then I watched their movies, and I was like, "Okay, I definitely don't like these guys. Not really, not at all." So, uh, anyways, yeah. Well, thanks
0: for buying the me guy from some
2: Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. for buying me some time because uh, it gave me an opportunity to kind of go into my like, top 100 movies list, and I was like, "Hey, what's a movie I didn't like the first time I watched?" And there's one right there, and that movie is Dawn of the Dead. The first time I ever oh, watched oh, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. I was like, what? Like, I had never seen anything like that. I'd never seen mm-hmm. this, like, kind of like, I don't know. I would describe it as like low budget. Uh, re- kind of, it's like pretty high end for regional filmmaking because it was like an international co production and it's a pretty different scale, but it also is like this weird, cheap, non studio horror movie and the first time i watched like, Mm -hmm. what's up with these zombies and like there's (laughs) these scenes in it that you know everybody rewinds and watches um because they show up in idle hands or like there's like or Uh, um i think like yeah there's like some movie where like these scenes from dawn of the dead pop up and you're like oh hey it's dawn of the dead um and then but then i gave it a shot like maybe like a year later when I was like, I want to rewatch some of these horror movies. And I was like, I don't know about this one. Everyone seems to like it. Why did I, why didn't I? And then I watched it again and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this is actually really cool. <laughs> and then I don't know. Mm. Uh, I think, I think of my, uh, one, uh, comment to somebody on Twitter ages ago. It was like, Dawn of the dead is my star Wars. <laughs> I, where like, I'm like, I, I get it. Yeah. I, it's like, one of those movies, like I, I want to live in Dawn of the dead, <laughs> which is like not a great place to be. But it's it's like it's a pretty perfect encapsulation of like this version of the seventies. I always think Mm of that like that carpeted wall that um, she wakes up in while she's just like sleeping in the uh, television broadcast uh, station, and she's just like it's Mm -hmm. like that it's like the the way the extended version. Which is my favorite one? Opens up, if They're just like sleeping, and like, I'm like, oh, it looks so comfy. And uh, I don't know, the clothes rule. Uh, the mall looks rad, and malls are kind of a weird thing now. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you got the, you, get, you get them zombies. You got those parking. What lots. year did that come out in? Seventy eight. Oh wow, I was I would have figured that was an
2: eighties movie.
0: So yeah, uh, Day of the Dead is mm-hmm. eighty three, and that's the one uh, I think or eighty six. That's the one that wraps okay. up the
2: uh, trilogy. But yep. Kind of ties into the whole military-industrial complex kind of stuff. Yes.
0: And that's the one that, like, it, that's, like, obviously the most well-made movie. And one, the one that people really, really like. But I was, like... It's really short. Yeah. And it's always, like, I don't like the characters that much. I, I, I like mm-hmm. Night. I like Night. I love Dawn. And Day's just okay. And the special effects are incredible. But, yeah. So that would be my pick of a movie I was, like, really, like, whatever on. And then now it's, like... Mm-hmm. I heart it. Yeah, day of the dead is an 85. There we go. Uh, oh and uh D- Dylan also writes J- uh plus hit JP with that
1: classic sandwich question. <laughs> that's a that that is a, a good question. Yeah, hit him with the question, Jared. What, what's the question? I think I it was look. just what's your favorite favorite sandwich, wasn't it? <laughs> is that is that that's it. Okay. I I think that's what it was, right? what they.
0: If, if you are not to describe yourself as a sandwich, it's like, what's your favorite sandwich?
3: Uh,
1: well, actually, well, I mean, that's a good question too, because I think that would change. Like, well, what your favorite I, sandwich. I, I kind of figure it's like I, 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 I feel sandwich. like
0: I feel like these are things that have probably come up in the past, but I guess we have to remember yeah. that like a lot of people who listen now, they haven't been listening the whole time. They're not. to watch.
2: Gotta yeah. listen to that back catalog. <laughs> that's yes, right.
1: You do. Well, last week. Oliver Granger answered what his favorite sandwich was, but he never told us what what he identifies as as a sandwich.
2: <laughs> so like,
1: if he were a sandwich, because yeah. I think that changes. You can have a favorite one, but you can like you can be like I'm a meatball sub guy, but mm-hmm. I know I'm just like a tuna melt, like as a person. Like I, <laughs> that, those that's aren't my
3: answers.
1: I'm just I'm just giving out examples. That's all. Yeah.
2: So we're we're talking deli sandwiches, right? A- any any kind of sandwich, uh, any I think. Sandwich. Yeah, I mean, you can make it. If you go like even cheddar, place. if you wanted. Oh, sure, if about, that's what uh, you want. Swedish,
0: <sighs> Swedish meatball open face sandwich, Justin.
2: Come on. <laughs> um, I like the Cuban sandwich uh, quite a bit the, with that Ooh. press with turkey. Um, we have a place called Firehouse Subs here that does this engineer sub, which is delicious. It has um, the white cheese, uh, turkey, and a bunch of mushrooms on there. Typically, when I go to like Subway, like man, I just pile on all the veggies and all the meats and everything I can get on there. But you know, the simplicity of the engineer sub, I, I do quite enjoy that.
1: It sounds not too bad to me. Not too bad. I don't know if I've ever had such a sandwich. Have you, Jarrett?
2: I have not. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Might have to uh...
0: explore. Make one on your. Yeah. Make, make make your own.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Something like that. Uh, Dylan concludes, "It's going to be a real hoot when I mix up one of these co-hosts." Anyways, have a great show, Dylan. I feel like we might be hearing more Thank from you. this
1: this Dylan one of these days.
0: He's been on a pretty hot streak lately.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He's, so he's hooked. It's possible.
3: Yeah,
1: we got another one
0: somehow. Um, so we have a uh, an email here from one Justin Peterson. My Holy my third shit. time on the show. Hey, Jaron, RJ, what's happening? Throw it over to me for a few questions.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. On the spot. <laughs> On the spot. Oh, oh my god. Yep. Woo. So uh GOAT movie question of the week part yep. dose. Yep. Okay. So uh favorite heist movies. So I watched that um asphalt jungle okay. recently. Yep and oh, yeah. uh I was thinking of actually writing a pretty quick, easy review on the old Letterbox, being like, well, that was the American remake of Rafifi. And then I go and see that it was made five years after Rafifi. Yeah. Um, or no, or opposite. Rafifi or was five later. years after okay. Asphalt Jungle. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, yeah, I could... heist movies, they're all right. Which ones do you like?
0: Let's take a look. I've got a list here. What? It's like seventy-five or 73 movies deep. I've seen 46% of this list. So apparently I like mm-hmm. heist movies a lot uh unknowingly but i guess like th- this list also includes die hard as a heist
1: movie that's i mm, i, I, I to me it's
0: like no 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 hey
1: jared what about heist from <sighs> david mamet david,
0: david mamet uh excuse a chinese baby and the words of gene hackman mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. yeah are you a heist man D- D-
0: danny devito it's about money people want it because it's money what, what what dialogue from david mamet <laughs>
1: Can't fight with that logic, that
0: can movie, you? That, that movie's fine. Uh, I'll throw out some titles here. There's Point Break, which I mm-hmm. not that's not a movie that I care much for. People love it. I like those uh, president masks. I think it's those are sweet with mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. mask and mm-hmm. Nixon mask. Those those are cool. Reservoir Dogs it is and it isn't a heist movie cuz you don't ever see the heist mm. it is just you see the yeah. before and the after but that's yes. good uh how about that usual suspects everybody loved usual suspects and now no one talks about this movie <laughs> at all like it is just like disappeared but i remember like when i watched this movie in like late junior high early high school this was the 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 ultimate movie it was like oh this is the coolest movie it's so good kevin spacey
1: he's the best <laughs> brian singer he's the best oh yeah all the all the greats <laughs> oh gosh Big, it's got double go away heat
0: that uh movie. i you forget about that but it's got kevin pollack he's he's good in this movie pete pa- pete possible come on i yeah who, who, who can on. argue with that it's, it's got uh the chicken man giancarlo esposito Everyone loves him.
1: Yeah.
0: Dan that's H- true. Dan Hedea.
1: Paul Bartel. Paul Blart. I love that guy.
0: <laughs> good dude. Good dude. Uh. Um, but so it's What serious. about Heat, Jarrett? He, well, I mean Heat's uh Top,
1: top of the Top.
0: Th- oh, man. I've uh so I, I don't know, Justin, if you saw these. About like three weeks ago, there was this uh, some app that people were using where they Disney-fied things. Like you could like – the mm-hmm. idea was that people would put it on themselves and it'd be like, oh, look at me. I'm a Pixar character. Um, right. And so somebody, though, was p- using it and pointing it at their television, and it would Disney-fy mm-hmm. characters. And so they were doing this with heat during the, uh, the Al Pacino ass scene. Um, and mm. But then they also did it at the very end of the movie. <laughs> De Niro lying there dying, uh, but the music <laughs> kicks in and it's like, "Fuck this mu- The music's so good." It's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's so. Uh, and I'm like, I gotta watch Heat again. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. That movie is pretty great, pretty pretty great. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's one of those like '90s like I don't know you'd call them cool movies that everybody loved, and I think actually holds up mm. in the best way. I mean, would would, oh, yeah. would Christopher Nolan have a career if he didn't exist?
1: If he didn't exist, yeah. If you take heat probably out of the, not. yeah,
0: would, would, he'd be different, right? But I feel like that movie had a big impact. That I, man uh, would should be different, Mike. I think Michael mm-hmm. Mann actually is like definitely one of the biggest influences on uh, Christopher Nolan. Chris Nolan. Yeah, I think. I mean, Michael oh, yeah. Mann's probably like probably one of the more slept-on directors, even though everybody talks about him. I think it's mm-hmm. even that Black Hat movie that everybody pooped on uh, when it came out. That movie was actually pretty decent. So I don't know. I, I, I never. I think Ollie's like the probably mm. his like most like directionless movie that i was kind of finished watching it i was like that's it (laughs) like nothing (laughs) it's like this is like you have like one of like the greatest uh american figures in history and (laughs) oh here's the movie (laughs) it's like oh thanks (laughs) thanks mike it's such such a bizarre movie Mm ali and that was like even like the Mm -hmm, the director's cut Yeah, yes that's Mm -hmm. like and that's it so far too it's just it's just thief i believe
1: can't get the rights to anything else he doesn't have those netflix bucks yet well
0: there's like people i i've uh, heard online on uh, some other podcasts and on twitter that like they swear oh, by oh. the theatrical cut of miami vice they think that movie is amazing and they watch it all the time not not the director's cut they prefer the theatrical which is very tough to tra- actually track down because as what happens is director cuts just become the default and even though that can be a bad thing, like with Fairly Brothers mm-hmm. movies, where it's like here's the director's cut, and it ruins jokes and introduces unfunny jokes that should have but were cut and should have been left out. Mm. We've talked about I mean, director's cuts before, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, if you get a hand, uh, I saw Miami Vice in theaters, but I can't remember what the theatrical cut was like. But I did like Colin Farrell's big mullet in that movie. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was juicy. It was pretty real cool. Yeah. Vulture's
2: yeah. list is number one is uh, The Killing from Stanley Kubrick, which I often kind of look over as a Kubrick fan. Yeah. Uh,
1: I like The Killing. I think it's, it's good. I mean, it's, it's, good. it's not up there with my no. faves of his, but no. it, it's a good show. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. But,
0: yeah, it's definitely not the uh, mm-hmm. the tippy top. I think there's like there's just better heist movies, too. Uh, a Simple Plan. On, one,
1: two, three. Yeah. Simple
0: Plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are two right. I'd call right there. Uh, oh, man. Yep. Oh, remember, remember Snatch.
1: Remember I do remember Snatch. The, the you, wonderful, the wonderful yeah. world of
0: when Guy Ritchie was just like uh exciting.
1: Yeah, I I do like that. I I like Inside Man with Denzel Washington as well. Yep, that movie's good. I think that one's that that one's pretty good. And well, you they... know what movie I actually? Uh, what's that Edward Norton movie <laughs> with Robert De Niro? Do you remember that one? What the fuck was that? Oh. uh Okay, wait, hold on. Oh, I, got, yeah. I got De Niro up here because uh, that's a heist movie that I actually I remember really liking and no one else liked it. And I was like, oh, man, this movie is awesome. Um, <laughs> the fuck is it?
0: Well, I mean, I think like that, that uh, late 90s, early 2000s was like really big for those heist
1: movies. The score. The score. Yeah, that's what it was
0: called. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I literally... Uh, yeah. Okay, right beside Snatch on this list was the score, and I the was score. like, I was zoning out on it because on the poster, the guy, the person on the poster does not look like Edward Norton at all, but it's very clearly, it's like, oh, there's there's old Bobby D. But I always, I think about the score is uh, Frank Oz and Marlon Brando. So Marlon Brando is pretty good in that movie. Yeah,
3: yeah, he's, he's just sitting
0: he, on that he, chair. He, he's pulling the Steven Seagal in the sniper. Oh yeah, or sniper like it, or ops, though. whatever. Uh, I love yeah. them. You it's love you stuff. love it. You love it. Uh love for boo, it. Boo, boo. And then, like, yeah, there's a big drop off for those heisty movies. There's like lots of them, but like I don't know. I'm pretty checked out. I mean, everyone likes that hell or high water but me. Uh Baby Driver. Um, again, I'm on the wrong i si- I'm on the wrong side of history, apparently. The, actually, so the That's one movie no, that I totally forgot about that I didn't realize, and it actually ties into a movie that came out this week, was there's that one uh with Robert Redford, The Old Man and the Gun. Uh, that came out like three years ago which is apparently like mm-hmm. a, ni- a nice little uh, piece of movie making and it's from the guy David Lower- or D- Lowery who directed A Ghost Story who, has had a brand wow, right. new, who had a brand new movie come out this week, The Green Knight mm-hmm.
1: Ah, yeah That which, movie's supposed to be real good It's supposed to be
0: also divisive as uh, apparently, it, it sounds like it's some. Uh, it's got some of that art house stuff going on that you know uh, <laughs> audiences seem to have issue with because it's one of those it's where it's got like a ninety percent critic rating and then like mm-hmm. it's it's like audience scores like in the dumps. Um, a, a friend of mine watched it, I guess, logged in on Letterboxd, and I saw on Twitter they liked Scott Tobias saying something like, "That was amazing." I have no idea what's going on, so, so I'm I'm curious about it because I was like Green Knight. And then I'm like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Oh, David Lowry, who's like kind of all over the place in terms of like movies that he makes." Pete's Dragon, Old Man in the Gun, Ghost Story, Ain't Them Body Saints, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah. now he's working for, on that uh, Peter Pan and Wendy movie. So this guy, he's uh, I don't know, he's a maverick, playing by his own rules.
1: He's the Duncan of the cinema world. That's right. Well, some would say.
0: Some would say. Well, so this and, is, but, but why is Casino on this heist list?
1: uh yeah casino is not a heist film at all it
0: is not i mean cliffhanger is more of a heist movie than casino and
1: (laughs) yeah for sure yeah i'm not sure what that's about that's a weird one
2: the sting's a pretty good one i need to rewatch.
1: and uh
0: oh yeah the sting is it even on this list nope (laughs) it's Mm. not even here the hell the hell anyway fuckers um oh so that 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 was your heist
2: question. What what else cool. you got? So I think it was last week on the show we t- you guys talked about some of the um the great, um, catalog categories coming up in the next hundred movies. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was wanting to see what some of your least anticipated movies oh, in the next hundred. Yeah, you actually um, do often mm-hmm. ask that. Oh,
0: that's a good question.
2: Listen have and- to do.
0: Google-ing. There's a lot of good
2: ones, but um and I wouldn't say this is I'm I'm not anticipating this, but I'm sure uh, RJ probably is not looking forward to Sweet Movie <laughs> coming up in about 75 <laughs> spines. Yeah. Movie? Sweet Movie.
1: It's called Sweet
2: Movie. Yep. It be- and just to give you a taste, I think it begins with a golden shower.
1: Oh good. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to see in movies ever. <laughs> I've, I've mentioned many times the Criterion needs way more of those. Yeah, you're into water sport. Way right? more. <laughs> it's called wet works when you're a professional, man. Right. Okay. So get that get that right Get first. that
0: straight. Oh, uh, at least yeah. fa- what, what I'm not looking forward to.
1: <sighs> I mean, mm. how long is the complete Arkadin? Because Mr. <laughs> Arkadin sounds good, but is that going to be like six weeks of movies? Because that doesn't sound fun, right? Potentially.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm reading. I'm reading. What the hell? Okay, there's an Alfonso Cuarón movie that I don't know. Solo yeah, Contour
2: no. Paraisa. What the hell is that? I stumbled upon that earlier as well. I've never I never heard of that.
0: Yeah, like, I didn't even know that he had something in the collection that early. <laughs> so it's like, huh. <laughs> no no one talks about that to my knowledge Mm -mm. Uh, that's weird I mean there's here's another movie I don't know oh it's a Francesco Rossi movie Hands Over the City I don't know it oh it's more more Jane though more Jane Campion Mm. coming at us
1: I don't know who Eric Romer is but I really don't want to watch six moral tales of his because does that mean there's six individual (laughs) movies yeah Uh,
0: oh my god you're gonna better you're gonna find out how you feel about uh them no matter what what is wow. border radio
1: it's it's kind of like not border radio do you know what i mean the,
0: a document of the last days of west coast punk rock oh god rj here <laughs> that sounds so much your thing uh monsters about, and mad men will be fun
1: but what about paul R- ropes and portraits of an art of the artist that oh. sounds like a uh, thrilling adventure
0: well, that's all because that's going to be mm, yeah. uh, of, um, the one. Uh, yeah, African American actor from that period of time. Dudley Murphy. Uh, you mean Paul
1: Robeson? <laughs> Zoltan Corda? I don't know. I'm just reading the names on beside the movie. I don't uh, know I let's see here.
0: Hmm. There's nothing I actually I am looking forward to finally watching La Haine. Um, I had a friend that was like mm. one of their favorite movies and wanted me to have watch. it for, Never. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I've heard that. I just have not watched it yet. So hey, you know, in whatever 80, 80 more films, I guess we'll be watching it no matter what. Is there anything I'm dreading though? Not
1: really. What about David Mamet's House of Games, Jarrett? I know you're a big Shit. David Mammoth that, that,
0: That's like at the end of the road, too. That's that's spine three ninety nine. It's still
1: Mammoth, baby. I, I
0: can't wait till we get to watch Le Elephant Terrible. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I've been looking forward to that forever. <laughs> I've always wanted to really want to I, see that. that one. One.
0: I swear, I just like saying it though, you know. Actually, Ace nice in the, the hole, I definitely am looking forward to the most. You know, honestly, though, uh, outside of like having to do an episode with like RJ about WR mysteries of the organism sweet movie mm-hmm. those aren't going to be fun times I don't think um, well what is the mystery
1: of an organism Jared have you ever asked yourself that like really oh, ask another,
0: another petrol Jeremy movie goody like that uh, what's you like that what's like Steelman
1: uh, I uh, uh, my <laughs> old roommate Scott had that metropolitan forever and I think one time at Christmas we put it on he wasn't there but i think andrew and i watched like three minutes of it and she was like no and i was like no problem and I hey right L-
0: lloyd kaufman shows up in that for a hot like uh, metropolitan yeah that's the only one i've seen from mm-hmm. him <sighs> yeah i don't know the next yeah there's a few th- like kind of like oh cool it's a rewatch but hopefully there's some pleasant surprises ahead um but hey you mm. know in the in the, the next hundred Robinson Crusoe on Mars, RJ.
1: I mean, you see that who isn't looking forward to that? Are you? Are you going to do all the Robinson Crusoes though for uh, closure? All, all of completion? Yes, yeah, all of them.
0: Uh, there can't about, be that many. How about four by Agnes Varda?
1: I love Agnes Varda. I've yeah. said many times. I wish. I wish there was more Agnes Varda. To be
0: honest.
3: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: and mm-hmm. then one, and then oh yeah, I mean, actually yeah, I think the next the next hundred will be. Uh, there's a lot more stuff I'm excited for, I guess, because uh, that'll be a rewatch of Mishima, which uh, ties Ooh. ties in nicely with this week. <laughs> Do you like Mishima? It's good stuff. I like that Mishima. Uh, any other questions for us, Justin?
2: Right. Uh, foodie question of the week. Um, so, what are your favorite uh, casseroles? You got the, you know, nice, good old home cooking going on up there in Canada. Yeah. I know in Minnesota they call them uh, hot dishes. Um, one of my favorites is asparagus casserole. You get some nice fresh asparagus with some Ritz crackers, some uh, cream of mushroom soup, mm-hmm. and some uh, American cheese. You bake that up there for 30 minutes, and it's delish. Makes your peace feel nice and funny a little a couple hours later, too. Ooh. What about you, Jer? Are you a
0: big—I don't know. I don't know I am. Like, I mean, I know I have casseroles, but nothing springs to mind Is like, oh, this is a casserole dish that I love. And currently, uh, yeah. I'm trying to look up, like, a list of recommendations, and it just takes me to an ad by William Sonoma about selling me crap. And uh, that's mm. not, I think that's like selling me plates, though, and rather than casserole dish <laughs> ideas this year. Or top, top casserole dishes.
2: No green bean casseroles, uh... Old fave sweet potato casserole It's in there. Mm-hmm. What do you guys <laughs> well, have at this... Thanksgiving dinner?
1: So actually, like, I think the reason Jared's stumped is we don't do a lot of casserole up here. Not that I know of. Like, not actually, like, at all. When was the last time you've made a casserole, Jared? Because I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah. Like, I... I don't think I've had casserole in years.
0: It's like, uh, I mean, scalloped potatoes. In a, yeah, that's like, I guess if that there, counts. I mean, if that counts, like that would be like a number one. Uh, lasagna, yeah. I guess you could technically call it casserole, but it's lasagna. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's more of the main dish.
2: Yeah,
0: that's the and thing. It's a side thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: It's not we don't have a lot of casserole on up here. I, I'm, I I'm making, a, I'm making a, a call for all of Creepsville right now where I'm saying, I don't think we do casseroles up here. Do you? Jared? Like, I honestly don't think we do. Usually, just becomes be, usually just
0: becomes the meal in itself.
1: Yeah, yeah. You we go for broke here. We don't want to dick around and have side <laughs> meals. It's like it's like here's one meal. Here's your meal. This is what it is. It's all you, you. You, you <laughs>
0: only get one.
1: You only get one, and that's the way it works. Yeah. yeah no, I don't know. I uh, I'd be hard pressed to uh, tell you a casserole that I've had in the last six years. Like Jared has said, I I know I have had some, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I could I couldn't. Tell
0: I know yet. I've had food served in a casserole dish, but I don't know. Yes. I, I don't know if I'd call it a casserole.
1: No, yeah. I don't think so. There. Now you know. Yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. uh, What do you got on the in the mug there, uh, Peterson? Just curious.
2: A little whiskey sour. There you go.
1: <laughs> Big boy, you you went for the whole jug, eh? Yeah,
2: this is my. Uh... Plastic Stein. Oh, so. oh yeah, it's my podcasting yeah. drink.
1: Your podcasting Stein. Well, you gotta have a big, big supply right beside you, or you're gonna end up like last week when Oliver and I were just leaving at random times and leaving Jared by himself. <laughs> yeah,
2: to, to go half mad. of them.
1: Yeah, well, half,
2: some gang, of game, 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 game talk. Oh, dear. all right. So you know I'm a big uh, trivia boy. So I took a huh? few of the. Criterion Creeps trivia questions off of the old YouTubes and let's see uh, how you guys <laughs> what you guys know about your show right now. Okay. So, um, so what's the last samurai movie you guys watched? Before Easy. obviously Harry. 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 <laughs> Before Harry. Before? Huh. In a couple weeks.
0: Yeah it's it's not been that not as long as I think man.
1: What's uh, uh Sword of Doom? No.
2: Yeah. That's That's what I found. Yeah, that would be yeah, it. Yeah,
1: and then before that was maybe one of those Su- Seiju... No, it hit neither of his were Samurai ones.
2: Nope.
0: I
1: was going to say Seiju and Suzuki, but no, it wasn't well, his. Yeah, sort of Doom, I think, would be it. Sort of Doom?
2: No. Yeah. All right, so um, after Solo, which is obviously your most popular episode of yeah. all time, what is the sure. most popular uh Creeps episode? But now this is talking about a Criterion Spine, so, so that Twin Peaks doesn't count.
0: Okay. Mm. I think think it's got I think it's passion of Joan of Arc on That's up there but not not no. third place. Hmm. I
1: I would have said it's a wonderful life but that's not actually a, a, a spine proper. That's a are laser, disc. Are are
0: we talking SoundCloud or YouTube? YouTube. Okay. So YouTube's got mm. yeah. YouTube's got its weird metrics. Yeah, I got those those what would be the It's like I know that the uh Jacques Tati thing is like really weirdly high up but That's I don't up know. there. Yeah. It's weirdly high, but, uh, hints. It's a Fellini. It's eight and a half. Oh, eight and a half. Oh, eight and a half. Yep.
2: That's number three right now. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. What's your most popular co-host, co-hosted episode? Oh God. I have no
3: idea.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say 10 in bombs because I think that was just a popular episode in general, but Actually, I'm not going to say Tenenbaums. I'm going to say Videodrome because it was an entirely Canadian production.
2: The answer is Fat Girl. <laughs> fat Girl. That <laughs> has really it, it, risen in the rankings.
0: Aaron and, and Aaron Lang's coming back. He's going to give that bump to Man Who Fell to Earth mm-hmm. and Bad Timing next week. My
1: God. Yeah, he's coming back for us. We're,
0: we're going to get that rub, that that His Ohio, boy. the he's Ohio rub. He's Ooh.
2: coming on two weeks in a row.
0: No,
1: we're going to do a All double right. header. <laughs> we're, yeah, oh, wow. we're doing a Nick Rogue doubleheader. Figured, next week. Well, oh, okay. well, because
0: we're we're going to reward Jesus. we're going to reward ourselves with a week off a, a, yeah. a, as a as a bonus to us. It's like one week off for that, and then back on because uh, that would be that'll be <laughs> Bad a long timing one. and yeah. man to
2: fill the earth in one episode. Good yeah, luck.
0: yeah, it's
1: going to be a yeah. hell, hell of a thing. Yeah, we'll mention now for all you people out here. After next week, we're taking a week off.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: no. for everyone deserve- out there listening, we're taking a week off.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. all right question enough. number four yeah. so um i found this based off of the playlist you guys put together um so what are your two most watched directors in the collection thus far
0: kurosawa and
3: package. no
0: well i mean he him by default but those aren't movies so for movie movies though it's got to be kurosawa
2: bergman that's right both of yeah. 10 yeah and last but not least... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say,
1: what does he mean, Stan Brackage, is in a real movie?
2: Well, Stan Brackage he is, the is the short films.
1: Collection. I mean,
0: he's got... Dogstar Man's is only, like, feature length, and everything else is 90 seconds to four minutes, so...
1: I just... I get into I those. Like he, he's, he, he is it's, it's it's It's
0: kind of like how my most watched director is Kevin Dunn. That doesn't count. Uh-huh. Re- yeah, Re-
2: wrestling quite. is fake.
1: What? Who said that?
2: Words out. Alright, word? Last but not least, uh, what is your least popular episode on the on oh, YouTube?
0: Like, like by thumbs down people, or like the most unviewed?
2: Most unviewed. Oh wow!
0: Mm-hmm. I, no idea. Bumba. I would I, be so hard to
1: guess because I'm sure there's a big tie. But uh... Uh, I w- I'm going to say um, Gertrude. <laughs> Gertrude.
2: It's a ballad of a soldier with only 251 views. Wow. That,
1: that's not a bad movie either. No.
0: That, I, that I one actually there's a little bit more I think love. that one actually has a lot of Russian YouTube comments. T- oh, talk about Ho- I think that's the one. Uh yeah. And they say how great hmm. the, and they say how great the movie is. There are some yeah, speaking of YouTube, there's some guy that was like once again kind of missing the point. Oh, no, they're like mad at oh, us. Of oh yeah, some people were like getting the date wrong that like straw dogs came out and they were like god can't you oh, even sh- get the date right and I'm like wait a minute so I looked and went uh no the date's right on the title and then I say it correctly on the beginning of the episode so unless like later on one of us misspeaks and says 1975
1: or something like that I mean I probably do later on but like I yeah. think this person needs to chill out a little bit chill. just chill <laughs> yeah I, uh, I actually I don't I don't usually look at reviews or anything like that, but I, I did pop up the um, the iTunes of this recently and I don't have did you ever read Criterion Punishers review, Jarrett? The one star <laughs> review we got? I,
0: I probably probably uh, didn't I probably did and just moved on with my life.
1: Well it's short. Criterion Punishers. They talked for 45 minutes about the mundane details of their lives until they finally started talking about the film. I would still listen if they talked about the actual movie because there aren't many podcasts that feature my favorite films. They just got to go to the YouTube, man. And it seems like most people only want to listen to the mundane parts of our lives and nothing else. So, (laughs) you know, it's the soup talk that brings people in. Yeah, I, I've always yeah.
0: found so, 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 someone's on about uh about a quite on <laughs> <laughs> about but, us not liking quite on. I don't know. It's, it seems like a pretty reasonable review though. There's no personal attacks, a rarity on YouTube and uh-huh. not in comments. So yeah. that's nice. I'm fine with that. that if people have if people have like thoughts or whatever, that's wicked. I I like that people like just talk about it because it's like mm-hmm. it's li- like wrestling. It's all everything's fake. It's not real. Don't don't yes. don't,
1: worry, don't worry about it. Chill. Yeah, I agree with that completely.
2: All right, that's all I got.
1: Scroll to us
0: for a good chill. Thanks for the email, Justin. Uh, yes. Next, yes. we got four more. I mean, we're now we in pretty good. Ooh, uh, Sam Sanchez. Hey, hey little poot and big stink. I'll, I'll let RJ no. decide I'll let RJ decide who is who being the big big money hustler's boy he is. <laughs> I haven't written in a few weeks commuting over an hour to work every day now and learning a new position has been hectic but enjoying it nonetheless. Wanted to comment about Life Aquatic a little. Enjoyed the love mm-hmm. the movie was getting from you guys and Mr. Mm-hmm. Berger, as it might be my favorite Wes Anderson as well. It was my nice. first Wes Anderson, and always disliked the hate the movie would get. I believe that a lot of the hate stems from when the movie came out. It was Wes Anderson's fourth movie, and each film seemed to escalate in style, culminating at the time in Life Aquatic, which people seemed to j- could or seem to just see Anderson as full-on style over substance and a one-trick mm-hmm. pony. But now it seems like people have come to terms that Wes Anderson is what he is, and you either like the style or you don't. I think if his fourth movie would have been Darjeeling Limited and then made Life Aquatic, people would have seen it more as a return to form and probably had a more positive initial response. Much like Jarrett, I also had one of the red beanies, but but no idea what happened to it. I worked at Warehouse Music, where it was released on DVD and received a box of those beanies to give away. Unfortunately, the couple I took didn't survive over the years. A couple weeks ago, Arj blog mentioned Harry Potter and the kissing scene, and it reminded me that him rewatching those a few years ago was the catalyst for me writing into the show. I commented on his review if, uh, of it on... Uh, on letterbox, and he mentioned that comment on the show, and the rest is history, so we have the weird, naked make out vision of Harry Potter for the nearly weekly email i th- I feel compelled to send for the rest of time. Lastly, mm-hmm. I meant to write in last week for Oliver and ask the important question about his thoughts about the ill conics as i'm sure he's a huge fan <laughs> also i guess i'll respect his decision to stick with his team of the houston astros despite the shameful cheating and overall douchebaggery mm-hmm. and general unlikability of the majority mm-hmm. of the team all right juggalos take care <laughs> hopefully i can get back on track and email more regularly again thanks sam sanchez it's nice to hear uh, from
1: a Whoop, whoop. Okay, wait, is it whoop? Whoop. Whoop, whoop. Not woot, oh, yeah. woot, you nerd. Whoop, whoop. Well, I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know, I oh, was nice. listening What's to uh, The Chronic, um, like Dr. Dre's 2001 The Chronic the other day, and he uh, he drops a whoop, whoop. So I think he's a uh, ICP fan as well. well. How could he not be? Yeah. So what were you even talking about? Um. Sam, Sam Sanchez
0: dumping on the Astros. Uh, Justin, you got any strong opinions about Houston?
2: Uh, no, nah, I mean, I heard they cheated, but uh don't really follow the, the,
0: the first baseball
2: I, that much.
0: The first I ever heard about it was like last week. I didn't I'm like the Astros play for a team. Okay, sure. That's a that's a team thing, I guess. That's sports. I have no idea. Like, I, usually I do hear about mm-hmm. I mean, it must not have been that big a deal because I never heard about it. And usually that kind of thing percolates even into I, my world in some way mm. on Twitter. But Or I've just been so busy um, not being online as much that
2: it slipped by. That was by. like two years ago. It,
1: it, it was a pretty big deal. I think what I think it? it just passed. It just went over you, I think. Cause, so, I mean, it wasn't like so this what, earth-shattering news, but okay. it was like they cheated. You see, the way it was made, and it was, then they it sounded
0: like, I thought it was like current events. We're, we're talking about this shit from two years ago.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, well, last year the season didn't <laughs> really count, right? Because oh, everything was canceled and there was an asterisk it's... beside everything. But no, they they won, and then it was then they found out that they cheated. So it was kind of that, like that's all it was. They cheated, Jared. They were cheaters. They cheated. Well, well, they well, they, like they, they got caught. Of,
2: they put something on the ball, right?
1: I. Uh, it was that, and uh, well, what it was more than anything was. Um, they were reading the calls that the uh, the catcher puts down. They were like zooming in on that stuff with like their cameras, and um, then they were like biking it in and something like that. I don't know. Sam Sanchez probably knows better than I do, but uh, I mean, it makes complete sense that Oliver Granger would be a, a, a Rockets fan after what we've now learned from this The Houston. Cheater too, oh. or not nah, the Astros. Sorry, okay. Okay. the Rockets is the bad. Did he
2: talk about baseball last week? I, I thought it, it was, it was um, the Rockets.
1: It was brought up briefly. It oh, okay. was brought up briefly well cuz he was wearing his Houston Rockets He likes hat. He, and I was he like, just he's still a Houston fan. He just likes
0: Houston in general he apparently. He just yeah. likes all, all the huh. Houston's. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know.
1: He he just likes all the
2: Houston's. I was quite surprised with the uh the amount of love you guys gave for um Life Aquatic. Really? Um that was one of the ones I, like I kind of slept on the first time I saw it. that was the first Wes Anderson I saw in the theater and after like really enjoying bombs, I was like, "Oh, well that was something." But then I came back around on it and really enjoyed it, and um, same thing with uh, Darjeeling Limited. So um, yeah. those were two Wes Andersons that kind of had to warm up to. Them. For sure,
0: yeah. I mean, I think that like honestly, I do think the first time I watched Life Aquatic, I think I loved the score way more than I liked the movie. But it, every time I watch Life Aquatic now, and just like even just recently, it's like fuck. This movie's so good. It's it's really really great. Um, and like I don't know, I, I, it'd good. be it'd be difficult to pick my favorite. I mean, I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is like incredible. Just mm-hmm. like on a technical level, uh, I love yeah. watching that movie. It's just so cool. Um, I don't know how many kids like watch that movie or anything. Like i make that. my make my kids watch it once a year at least. Oh, cool. That's great. Because yeah, that be yeah great, they enjoy I it as well. Yeah. Do they uh like uh like Nightmare Before Christmas? oh yeah yeah i just like i don't know and do they like i I mean you're as a as a as a man who's got kids who are like watching movies and stuff like that do you find that they like no like do they have a preference for like stop motion and do they go i really like this and they like because it's stop motion like the uh the Latka movies like Paranorman, Mm -hmm. where they have like this incredible like craftsmanship that goes into it or do they just like like cartoons and like every and they think they are be
2: paying attention to the style quite yet because I mean they love Monster House and for the yep. most I mean that movies hadn't aged very well but I mean it's still a good movie. Um yeah they're not the they're not really soaking in the style quite yet it's it's more of the, the story that they're latching on to. Right. Um but yeah we watch like care uh, Coraline every time we carve pumpkins and Paranorme, and they love all that stuff so um yeah that answers your question.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. I was, I mean, I often find I'm more interested in, like, what kids think of movies than, like, adults, because I'm like, what do you think of this? It's like, it's boring. I went, yeah, it's boring. Like, I'm like, I think that's way more interesting, because, like, I don't know why kids don't do more podcasts. That's, I guess, they need to get, get off their asses and uh, get on it.
1: <laughs> I'd like to distance myself before what? the Jared, Jared oh, Slash Kids podcast gets I, I No, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Oh, okay. No,
0: no. I think I think that should exist more of. I'm sure there's like YouTube stuff for like YouTube kids and kids doing shows. I think mm. that's way more interesting. I don't. I don't want anything to do with kids.
3: Okay. Dude, okay, I can grab
2: Nolan for one of my creeps if you want. There you go.
0: <laughs> Watch a sweet movie. Oh my. Then yeah. oh. <laughs> then they'll. oh, no. My kids are being taken away from me. <laughs> podcasts have ruined my life
1: more. Yeah, that's the goal. Trying to make everyone else as bad as us.
0: Speaking of troubling people. Uh-oh. Rob Eagle.
1: Oh, holy shit.
0: I concur, begins his email. Hi, Creeps. And congrats to Jared and Oliver for their sterling co-host performances. I agree with Oliver regarding movie titles with numbers substituting letters. If I see that on a poster, it's an immediate nope. I, too, instantly disregarded lucky number Slevin. I avoided layer cake for years until I read a glowing review somewhere. Also, any movie with a Russia connection seems to compel somewhere in the title, the reversal of the letter R. Real first-year mm-hmm. art student stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I'm not fond can... of numbers substituting for words either. What was that, Justin?
2: Well, you we got to give seven a pass, right?
0: Yeah, I mean that's like that's probably uh, it's, it's probably that movie's fault actually because that that's the movie uh, that I'd like start it, yeah, it started it all and then it became like real old hat. Um, let's see here. Mm. Following Mister Berger's mention of the movie theater shenanigans, perhaps this qualifies. Oh no! Picture the Uh-oh. scene: a sleazy nightclub in my hometown. One fifty-five a.m., about 100 years ago, a pal asks me if I'm going to see Poltergeist. This was the Toby Hooper original when it's released next week. Sure, I say. My pal replies, do you want to see it now? I mean, right now? Turns out an acquaintance of his is in the club. He's the projectionist at our town's big cinema. Not a multiplex. We're talking a huge Art Deco palace. And he has mm-hmm. the keys. So, ten minutes later, we're walking through dark, empty streets. Mr. Projectionist is walking ahead of us, dodging in and out of doorways and glancing side to side. Careful, I don't want anyone to see us, he whispers. I'm thinking to myself, clearly, this is a guy who spends his entire life watching movies. "'Up marble steps, and in through the main theater doors we creep into utter darkness. "'Up many flights of stairs, and we finally step through a heavy curtain. "'There below us lies the vast deserted auditorium. "'Hmm,' whispers my pal. "'This is probably the quietest this place has been since Greece too. Well, despite my misgivings about Mr. Projectionist, we enjoyed the movie in appropriately spooky surroundings from front row balcony seats and bade our farewells at around 5am. A A couple months later, we avoided vast queues and were treated to a one week before release 2am showing of E.T., Following Jared and Oliver's visits, I've been thinking about taking the plunge myself. For a while now, I've been threatening RJ with the prospect of my (laughs) guest hosting. However, Jared's oft-mentioned refrain, Rob Eagle scares me generally, gives me pause. I'm shocked, shocked, Jared. Maybe it's the memes I send that don't get posted. Well, that's all for
1: now. Regards, Rob Eagle. (laughs) I mean, I'd like to... say that first off that's one of the most rob eagle stories i've heard in a while mm-hmm. just screaming rob eagle <laughs> some very and, well uh, read
2: males this evening
1: <laughs> yes yeah yeah they were really shooting for that 10 to got, try to get got, me to got one it, more sure. well I'll, all i gotta say is don't worry about Jarrett being scared rob eagle because that i think he he deserves to be taken down a peg or two so mm-hmm. I, you're you're welcome to uh to come on anytime. time Anytime. Anytime. And some of those uh, memes you send me are—I uh, don't know if I can post those legally. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a copyright thing. So, yeah. Anyways, that's all I have to say.
0: That's all you got to say, huh? What, I don't know about you. What boys. What, what what movie is Rob Evil going to come on for? Let's just take a guess. Let's just, let's just let's just take a stab here. But going back. Probably in the, that in, sweet movie <laughs> from the sounds of it. No, <laughs> that's boring. Let's see here. I don't know. I don't even know. Come on, Rob.
1: Okay. Mm. I don't know. It's got to be something British. Something English. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, uh, shoot Mi-
0: the piano player. Mr. Arkadin. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Mr. Arkadin. You sound like you're from London. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever he wants to do, I'm sure, will be great. Mm-hmm. Right, Jared?
2: Count In- a better tale.
1: There you go. That one's pretty English. Yeah. Real English. Perfect. Oh, some Rob old, English, some old English. I think we should. Uh, I'm putting in a petition to change Rob Eagle's name to Rob English. I think uh, that's a. That's it, what we need it, to relate, do,
0: is no. he related to Johnny?
1: Johnny English. Well, they're loosely both related to Mr. Bean, but uh, they're not related to each other. So Johnny they, English and Rob English aren't. Re-
0: no. What about
1: Blackadder? It's a. It's a mutual friend. But no no blood relation. Okay. No blood.
3: I
0: see. I see where you're going with this. Well, one last email from Sam Loveland.
3: Ooh, baby.
0: The Big Apple. Hey, creeps. Uh As I write this, my plane has just touched down at John F. Kennedy International Airport in the great city of New York. I'll be staying here for one week, during which I'll try to do as much here as I possibly can, as this is my first trip to NYC. That being said, what are your favorite New York movies, a.k.a. one set in or about the Big Apple? Anxious to hear, but equally anxious to get onto the train to Manhattan, which is why I must keep this email brief. Thanks, and have a good show, Sam Loveland. Well, Sam Loveland, while you're in New York City... You should be trying Ooh. to get over to those uh, Criterion offices. I think they, I think they yeah. gave you, I think they gave you postcards or something. A friend of mine went there, uh, saw the at the world premiere of Phantom Thread, and no, um, well, no, not Phantom I'm... Thread. No, sorry, not even the good one. It was uh, the uh, Inherent Vice. Inherent uh, Vice. Yeah, that's where he, Yeah, that was his uh, graduation gift to himself. Yeah. Is seeing that and uh, that uh, the Mike Lee movie about the painter, the John Turner one. Is that Mike Lee?
1: Oh yeah, I know. I know which one you're talking about. I think it's something like that. Yeah. I think it's less about what he can take from Criterion and what he can leave, such um, as our business card.
0: Yeah, our non-existent. Everywhere. One.
1: Yeah, we don't have a business card, but maybe Sam Loveland could make one for us.
0: Yeah. Well, RG, he, I, I, he could I, deliver it. I heard you were supposed to be making merch this week. What the? What's going on?
1: I'm I'm waiting to hear back. And and people uh people have listened to this for about a year, and they're like, "How is it that hard?" And it's like you try it's not that easy all these suggestions people are like use this thing use that thing and i i'll email they'll never respond or they'll respond and be like oh we don't operate in canada and i go oh okay
0: the the the, the shirt design made by one uh robert Baylog, uh not no relation uh yeah he it's it's pretty amazing Great. it
1: it demands to be seen Yeah,
0: r- it does yeah his uh, his his friend uh, Rancis, did some pretty great uh, tightening up yeah. some uh, some yeah. editing to make it what it is but uh, when people see it they're they're going to shit their pants
1: yeah maybe we'll do a giveaway as a reveal for uh for uh, this uh this fabled thing mhm we'll see we'll see
2: yeah, i could use a creep stein
1: <laughs> ooh we'll see you i mean all we have at the moment is uh Beer koozies, and it is not great. So we we are trying to broaden and expand, but uh, it's,
3: it's. a not sticker? That, you just slap it easy. on anything. Huh?
1: It just slap it on people's like windshields. Just a big sea, dripping, <laughs> bubbly
2: sea. Just uh, <laughs> you know, next to my letterbox sticker I just put up. Ooh, see that would work.
1: I'm talking about like actually covering people's mine of sight, though. Uh. I could do that. Oh, you know
0: what? I almost I almost skipped an email. <laughs> what? Yeah, almost by accident. I don't know how that happened. How dare you. Uh We got to
2: say our favorite New York
0: movies. Right? Oh yeah, sorry, Sam. <laughs> Sam 2. Jeez, Jared. It's like
1: it's like only Sam don't one. Even try anymore. I'm sorry.
0: I've got a lot <laughs> going York on. I got movies? a lot going on.
1: I know. What about The New York Ripper, Jared? Is that one of your favorites? Well, I've got my
0: list tag on Letterboxd of Rotten Apple movies.
1: Oh sure, sure. Maniac. I'm gonna say Joker from uh, 2018. Well, that could have
0: been any urban hellscape though.
1: Oh, okay. What about uh, Ninja Turtles? Ninja Turtles. That's a great New York film.
2: Die Hard with a Vengeance. Ninja Mm -hmm. Turtles. That one works. I'm looking. I'm doing it. I'm looking it up.
1: Rosemary's Baby. That's a New York film. Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters. That's a New York film. Ghostbusters Two. Yeah, Ghostbusters, too. What about Woody Allen? Does he have any films that take place in New York? I don't think so.
2: <laughs> no. <they don't> Manhattan.
1: <laughs> no, I think that's uh, Manhattan, Ohio. Yeah. Dif- different place completely. Oh, yep.
0: Obviously. <laughs> uh, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah.
3: Ooh, yeah, there you go. That's good. French, that connect- French Connection.
0: Connected. Even that jumps that. There's a little popping uh, around in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, cruising, RJ. Uh, I'm on board with cruising. Yeah. And you so might get really
1: sick, you but might, uh, it's a good show. You want, yeah, you, y'all want to get shingles? Yeah, you want to be sicker than you've ever been in your entire life? Potentially, check it out. That's pretty it's pretty good. good stuff.
0: There's a uh, old street trash. I know uh, one of uh, Justin's favorites.
1: <laughs> yeah, friend of the show Ryan Nagel's a big street trashian.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So
1: uh, he's on board for that one. Yep. Yeah. Um. I'm on a New York list and some of these don't seem like they're from New York.
2: Wow. So go Sweet ahead. Small successes New York, right? Yeah, I guess it I would don't be. Know. Oh, you don't mess
1: with the Zohan. That's a takes place in Manhattan. <laughs> That's a pretty good show. Have you seen that yet? Uh, either of you two?
2: Nope. It's oh, been it's a good. long, long time.
1: It's good stuff, Jarrett. I new Patreon goal for Jarrett to do a double feature of Zohan and radio. There you go. Just get them both out at one, <laughs> oh, one on go. Donate.
0: There's a. There's, yeah. Everybody remembers uh, the movie Night Owl. Remember Night Owl? Sure, who doesn't? Starring Joe Legu- John Leguizamo. And you might recall, RJ, that's the movie where
1: depth is achieved. You know, I know John Leguizamo, but Joe Leguizamo? John- is this a brother of his? Yeah, it's so the same one. They <laughs> Joe by, Leguizamo? He, he prefers Joe. He prefers Joe? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I have not seen that film. No, potentially in the future.
0: Nah, no, you're good. You don't need to see that movie. Ah, but, what, but what about the
2: Sentinel?
1: Have I seen that?
2: Is do that the um movie? the twenty four guy? Um, no, uh, this is this is
0: this is Michael Winner directing oh. um, Christina rains with uh, uh it's got it's got like a brief cameo with Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, Tom Berenger's in it, Richard Dreyfus. Uh, Chris Sarandon Martin Balsam a a 70s favorite he's kind of like Ernest Borgnine ish kind of man Mm. Arthur Kennedy it's like a some Catholic horror that uh Mm. it's it's a it's a strange movie because Michael Winner who made all the Death Wish movies not
2: the super forgettable Keith Sutherland one gotcha yeah yeah
0: (laughs) not that one not that one but uh yeah New York movies it's a hell of a town
1: Springfield, Springfield. Is that what you're going for? It's a hell of a town.
2: Hell of a town. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide oh, shut.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Street trash. Yeah. Good. Street trash.
0: <laughs> Shall we read our final email?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Go for it.
0: Actium Jackson Maximus.
1: Holy shit, With he's back. With an
0: email titled, Harry Carey.
1: Oh, I thought he was going to go for Harry Kim. But mm. okay, oh, I missed it.
0: <laughs> Damn. Wow. Hey, Creeps and Justin Peterson. Hope you're all
1: having
0: good weeks leading up to a pretty great film, if memory serves me correctly. I've recently been watching Batman the Animated Series for the first time since my childhood, and while it is enjoyable, I can't help but feel the ways in which it's praise, primarily its parallels with the aesthetics of film noir, doesn't really work for me. I think the serialized format does suit the comic book storytelling better. This is coming from someone who does enjoy the lineage and Scott Snyder, Grant Morrison mythos of Batman's history. But it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as consistent as I think it should be. Do you guys have any thoughts on the show? Keep up the great work on the only Star Trek podcast in existence, Actium Jackson Maximus. Wow. Uh, deep. So I am, I'm totally down with this take on Batman the Animated Series. Uh, let me just sound off here first, Chance. And if you have some thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So I So yeah, yeah. when, when I was doing my DCU reviewing when I was watching it all the way through for the very first time, like, in its entirety, because I'd always seen it on TV, like, I was a, a kid when these would play randomly. Like, we didn't get them in the Creepsville, mm. but it seemed like whenever I, I went on vacation, like, which would be, like, during spring break or uh, summer, I could watch these in hotel rooms at, like, two in the mm. afternoon if we were there between, like, running around, I was, like, so happy to watch some, like, Batman animated stuff. And uh, I just had, like, this total fondness for it. Um, and then they started the... What was it the the New Adventures of Batman? Because like, they did, there there's Batman, the uh, yeah, animated yeah. series, and then there was Batman and Robin. And then it kind of turned... The, the artwork kind of got a little bit more angular when, when, when they did that revamp New Adventures, I think it was. And but... So they were kind of doing that concurrent with Superman, the animated series, which I think mm-hmm. is way better than Batman on the whole, which is like, it's not as popular, but those three seasons, mm-hmm. I think of Superman are pretty awesome. I think they're there's <laughs> like the best Superman stories you could probably get. I think they're better than the comics or any of the movies. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's only rivaled by uh, Dragon Ball is the best version of Superman. There oh, is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. and then yeah then, I, then you watch Justice League and Justice League's good yes. and jail mm-hmm. and JLU is uh, yeah. I think it's like it's basically the continuation of Superman which is like mm-hmm. the best part but then they um, I think they recast his voice it's not Tim Daly anymore which is like su- such a I never yeah. got I never recover because Tim Daly is like such a he has the perfect voice for Superman and Clark Kent yeah. but yeah I mean I, Batman anime series like uh, probably the best way to experience it for me now is there's a art book. There's like two art books they actually did that Chip Kid edited, who's like this mm-hmm. like he's the guy who like did the. I like Chip the, Kid. You like that Chip Kid? You like that graphic design like work kid. he did on Jurassic Park? And that, mm-hmm. That's his big claim to fame, I guess. And then he's just been around doing. He wrote a couple books like Cheese Monkeys. I never read his follow up yeah. book. Uh, he does some, he had some cool ideas on graphic design that have kind of like for, for its time and place were pretty big, uh, and like his like his love letters to like DC stuff are really cool. Those covers yeah. though he did during the New Fifty Two, those I don't know if you remember those covers. Those that were terrible. I,
1: <laughs> off, I'm sure I do, off, but I'm gonna have to look it up because the, I know the, what
0: you yeah, yeah, look up Chip Kid DC comics variants. They're ter- terrible execution. Nobody liked them. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no one wanted those. Very uh, over, over too, too smart, and like not at all what people want <laughs> when they're buying the buying the superhero comics. But the superheroes. But yeah, there's like some pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, because the uh, in the I was just thinking back of it too. Yeah, when they did the Batman the New Adventure stuff, uh, they kind of did some redesigns on the characters yeah. too to make them like. I mean, I think Joker got a little bit more creepy with black eyes, which was kind of like strange. But
1: you see his uh, be- wiener at all?
0: No, nah, no. Nah, that's for that's only Brian Azarella comics.
1: Oh, okay. That didn't happen in the Chip Kids.
0: Not that I'm aware
1: of. Not yet. Not that
0: I'm aware of. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree with this, and I like that uh, Grant Morrison Batman is pretty awesome. Uh, Dick Grayson should be Batman. Still, it would be way Bruce Wayne Batman's boring as fuck. skip skip past it. Let's just, yep. just make it Dick Grayson with Damien. That stuff was awesome.
1: And you got a real uh, Last Jedi vibe, you know, where it's like kill the past or forget the past. Kill it if you have to. <laughs> yeah, I think you're you're more you're the personification of the Last Jedi. I don't know if I've ever told you that, Jer. Well, oh no, not in a bad way. <laughs> not in a bad way. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think they should have left Bruce Wayne dead and had Dick Grayson and uh, Damien Wayne. It was well, way better. Well, he doesn't have to be
0: dead. He just don't. He doesn't need to be Batman anymore. And well, you can just uh, be old. You it know? Was, uh, Scott Snyder, I don't know about that guy. That it's it's like why why is Batman like a Saw comic? <laughs> like that that was like yeah. my thing. Like when I think back to it, like that, that stuff sold like crazy, and now it's just dead. Like no one cares. The Court of Owls stuff was kind of cool. Um, and then they got the the Jokerness got out of hand too much too much Joker.
1: He didn't have any more cards to play when like, so I, I can chime in because I was a big Scott Snyder boy, especially Court of Owls stuff. I was like, this shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. But then uh, you read the next storyline and you're like, well, oh, what's he going to do next? But it's just the same thing. And you're like, oh, okay. Death of, well, well, death of a family. Death of death of the family. And then you're like, oh shit, it can't get any crazier than this. And then he does it again. Kind of. And you're like, man, again, you're like again with this Joker story. Yeah. And, like, then, and
0: then it turns out enough. he's like he's like an ancient evil that goes through all of time, and he, I think that's and, Jeff he, he and he and, he, no and he, he's Scott no that was that was Scott Snyder that his end run like that end game Ugh. crap, and it's like oh they're yeah. sitting they're sitting on a park bench talking to one another because he's always known he was Bruce Wayne, but they, he wants to keep it. Oh, it's so stupid, and that's also Jeff Johns because he also went with that idea with the his yeah. three Joker stuff. The three hey, Jokers. hey, Justin
2: Peterson, how, what
0: do you think about Batman
2: comics? <laughs> I thought we didn't. Didn't he bring up the animated series? Yes, yes, where we started.
0: But then he mentions at the end Scott Snyder, Grant Morrison, who are uh, kind of like pretty like for in the last 15 years, like they're like the major writers for the Batman comics. Um, In a way that like Grant Morrison stuff really doesn't hasn't impacted the movies in any meaningful way. But they would have been running concurrent with the Nolan stuff, but are very different and the scott snyder yeah. stuff is like it's almost like horror batman which makes sense because batman lends itself to horror elements but like full-on joker's like carving off his face and like wearing it upside down <laughs> and uh and he's like oh and he's fine folks he's okay this is just like preposterous but uh but yeah bringing it back to some batman uh, adventures animated mm-hmm. series uh were you a fan? did you do oh yeah
2: i love that uh show when it first came out um man like the little introduction in there was great uh learn um because i was never really into the comics so yeah the the cartoons were my jam yeah so yeah you can uh see what killer croc was all about i think (laughs) mr freeze my favorite oh yeah Uh, Scarecrow. so um yeah i really dug that show watched it every day after school um I think a few years ago, I watched a DVD that had a couple episodes on it, and I thought it held up well enough. But um, yeah, that's definitely worth a rewatch going through all those uh, old cartoons again. Never got into the Superman, didn't watch the later Batman stuff. But um, yeah, that original Batman, the animated series, uh, quite enjoyed.
0: What's the, uh, was it Brave and the Bold? Is one that I've, yeah, that people apparently adore. Adore it.
1: I, I, I can speak to this a little bit more. I was just waiting for you guys both to be done. Mm hmm okay so animated series that shit's the best i love it it's very good the toys were the best the games were the the game was pretty good oh the super uh,
0: Super nintendo game is
1: awesome yeah Yeah, and there the sega one is actually like a little bit different i can't it's very different well it's a rail shooter
3: yeah (laughs) the sega
1: one's different i i think i do have one of each but uh ryan nagel would be able to speak to it better as uh what the key differences are but um
2: I yeah, didn't really anime been into the games until the uh, the Arkham Asylum stuff when that came out. That was oh yeah, pretty oh, awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, those games were great. Yeah, like Arkham Asylum, the Arkham games are those are really really good. But yeah, like uh, the actual animated series Super Nintendo game, that that one's pretty uh-huh. good. That one's like a platformer, which okay. is cool, and it looks um, gorgeous. Like, it looks yeah, it looks, like, great. yeah. It looks great. Looks great yeah so um that was great the show was great i love that show uh, i watched it all the time um i had a lot of the vhs's where they would package like two parters together like the two face or something so it was like almost like a movie and then you get that i think i saw uh mask of the phantasm in theater at the old pair phantasm that one. phantasm what is it called phantasm phantasm yeah. phantasm, <laughs> phantasm. Phant- i don't know how to- uh that stuff's really good and then what you were saying Jared, like that early superman stuff at the same time that's very good as well
3: mm-hmm.
1: and i do think the first two seasons of justice league are the same like uh, in terms of quality where it's like mm-hmm. you got at batman animated superman animated and then like those those first couple of justice leagues they're pretty close they're pretty good as well um and then they all kind of like go through like um like a reshaping later on. But uh, so I did watch some of the other ones afterwards. Um, Batman Brave and the Bold is great. It is super, super good. I think it would take like um, if you were just an adult jumping into a cold, I would say you got to definitely put down four or five episodes before you're going to start to like get the humor because it is like surface level. It's a kid's show, but uh, underneath it's got like really, really subtle jokes. That I think are like super, um, super appealing for like adults. That's where I thought it was really funny. Like it had all these like really kind of throwaway like subtle jokes that kids wouldn't understand, but you watch it and you're just like, oh yeah, this is good stuff. And uh, it was um, Diedrich Bader was Batman in that, oh, which yeah. was <laughs> real, real good. But yeah, Batman Braven and, Brave and the Bold is very good, and it's got it's got a couple like really really good episodes. I also watched The Batman Which was the one that came out afterwards? Afterwards, which which was okay. That like it was kind of like a slimmed up version of animated series Batman. That one's not bad. Uh, I also watched Beware the Batman. That one was okay as well. Um, None of them were bad. They were all kind of like leading towards good things, but uh, didn't quite get there. Uh, the batman that was the one that had dreadlocks joker which was a, oh goofy.
0: i forgot about that. yeah
1: Ugh. That, that that was a little bit goofy, they made but, him like, uh, like like
0: a hyena
1: yeah they made him a hyena for some reason or whatever, which yeah. was really weird yeah, so terrible. the batman's okay but uh be- beware the batman was better that one actually was getting into like uh like the metal men and like stuff like that that one was pretty cool and then uh what was the was there one just after that? Because I think I did watch some of that as well. Maybe that was the last one.
2: All Where's right. Batman Beyond fallen there?
1: Uh, well, that, right after animated series. Were kind
2: of conc- yeah. It was like kind of like
0: concurrent, and like with Justice League. And yeah. I know it's one that st- I've never watched Batman Beyond. That was just like always have. one of those things that uh, yeah. I like the idea of it, but I just, it just never happened for me.
1: Yeah, I watched it. It was good. Yeah, it was good. It uh, it was one of those ones too. Like if you come right off of animated series. Uh, It's kind of a a jolt, I guess, like how much it changes. But uh, it does, the longer you put into these shows, I think the more payoff you get out of them. And they actually become really good. Uh, It's the same with um, Young Justice as well. That that one was really good when it was uh, first airing. So
0: I watched a lot of kids' shows. What what about uh, Tiny Titans?
1: Uh, I haven't got into that, no. Or the, or like I, Teen I did Titan like Young Justice, yeah. but I didn't watch Tiny Titans or Teen Titans. I know people do Teen talk Titans about Go? them. Teen Titans Go? Yeah, not, none of that. Uh, just Young Justice was the only one I watched because it was more serious, Jarrett. It's
2: more for the grown-ups, old. the
1: 13-year-olds. The, the men in the it's room.
2: Sh- it's a yeah, shame it kids today, I mean, they're just watching, like, random challenges and shit on YouTube instead of watching these, you know, classic kids series. I mean, they're missing out on a whole. I mean wealth mm-hmm. of entertainment just watching bs youtube videos all day oh well,
0: well, yeah there's like uh because now there's in the states right because you have like that dc universe app which like do they have HBO Max? well there's that but it's like is that now what is dc universe done and it just is into hbo I, max i think maybe because like how do you but like I, if you were to watch doom patrol I know all how the, would you watch
2: it well, not sure. sure. I know they have all the uh, DC animated movies on, there, on that HBO Max. Okay. Which I'd like yeah. to eventually start watching.
1: Well, like, so Doom Patrol Jared is on Crave for us because yeah. Crave for us is half HBO, but it's not full because, like, HBO Max has all the Looney Tunes stuff, but we don't have mm-hmm. that on Crave.
2: So yeah, it's kind of like, big time.
1: yeah, we got, like, it's like 50-50 for us. But uh, Doom Patrol is on Crave for us, but uh, not, uh, I don't know. Down there, it's so weird. Like, it's hard to talk with uh, American guys about this because, like, our stuff is—it's kind of the same, but it's not. There's yeah. like completely different shit on there. It's—I don't know. It's you never know. Yeah, we still have to pay to watch uh Kong Godzilla. Yeah, thirty bucks or something. I, or I checked like a week ago. I think it went down to like fifteen. I was like, eh, mm. that's still too much.
0: Keep coming. I yeah out. i was like well
1: if i wait another week it'll or another month it'll probably just be free on mm-hmm. that crave so i'll just wait at this point just waiting it out just waiting it out here <laughs> doing the long game baby mm-hmm. oh.
3: well
0: yeah.
1: that's emails oh, we,
3: we,
0: <laughs> we, we did it it's only been an hour and a half we got them oh. read them all look at that well uh let's turn it over to you you two what you been creeping on this week
1: i'd uh i'd like to uh, j- extend uh, to a uh, friend of the show justin peterson here why don't you uh fire away for us why don't you uh crack things out if you want
2: all right yeah i watched uh just a a couple things um and i invited both of you guys along for the ride so uh i guess the first thing will be uh three ninjas which i actually technically watched twice once was on the in the car on the way home from camp i kind of was listening to it and then yesterday i had a little time and uh yeah cracked it out again just to make sure i got all those little details in and um (laughs) now i had got the the idea to watch three ninjas because uh i think it was yeah it was around um Thanksgiving time last year when you guys did Fat Girl and I was like hey we're doing this rewatch-a-thon hey what, what should we watch and I think my email was too long for the show or something like that and so uh, RJ kindly private messaged me and said yay check out that Three Ninjas and but I held I held on to it until now so uh, we get to nice. shout our uh, love for this 90s mm-hmm. kids rule kind of movie um, watching it this time I really was kind of picking up more on like hey this is like Kids that wanted to be Ninja Turtles, this is like their show because there's a yeah a lot of Ninja Turtle like feelings to it. I mean, you got the basically the Foot Clan in there with the ninjas with the little glass things over their eyes, and mm-hmm. and I got the the different color ninjas. Um, watched this a ton growing up. It's kind of cool to see that my kids enjoy it too. Um, RJ, what what's some of your Three Ninjas commentary that I can season in some of my other notes?
1: Uh I love 3 Ninjas. Uh this was a a frequent rental. Uh and this is a I forgot to take it. This is a 90 sweat. Uh um we rented this thing on VHS all the time. I think we actually I think my mom eventually bought it cuz we rented it like three or four times. She's like, "All right. I think like it, I think we bought the block Master copy or something or like the video rental copy she's like can we just buy this and the guy was like yeah you guys can have that uh but uh <laughs> i used to watch this with my brother all the time and i think it's kind of like you said we i also loved ninja turtles and this was like the closest thing this was like the middle ground to me being like i could do this
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like
1: i can't be a ninja turtle but these kids are almost there <laughs> they are so i'm halfway there um but yeah, I, I love this movie. It's been a long, long time since I've actually watched it. Uh, I bought it on DVD from... I think I saw it in like a bargain bin for like five bucks like 10 years ago or something. Oops. Uh, like 10 years ago or something. Um, And uh, I bought it and I remember Andrew was like, why are you buying that old movie? I was like, because I'm going to watch it one day. I was like, and you will too. And I made <laughs> her watch it with me actually. Um, uh, But no, I, I love it. it. It is definitely like... There are there's more like kid stuff now than I remember, because when I watched I was so little, I was like, I was like, this is really happening. I was like, these kids are fucking badass. Like they're hardcore dudes are trying to kill them with swords, which still happens, which is a surprising thing that they're like trying to full on kill these kids in this movie. And everyone's like, eh, well, they don't actually, <laughs> though. So um, it's, a, it's horseplay. It's horseplay. Yeah. Uh, no, I I just really like it for uh, some of the uh, some of the subtle jokes in this thing. Um, like I I really like the Surfer
2: Bandits
1: when they come oh, into yeah. play. And yeah, The uh, main one
2: reminds me of you a little bit. I because,
1: well um, I'm, I mean that's probably not too surprising because a lot of my um, personality is built off of 90s movies. So I, this isn't genuine. It's just a, a mix of things I've seen on TV.
2: 90s facade, right? Yeah.
1: Exactly, uh, but I, I love those dudes, and uh, I when once they get into the mix, uh, I think it really kind of cranks things up. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I think the diarrhea scene is uh, an all-time cinema <laughs> highlight. Uh, it is so good, just when they kick that door down, and it's. You ever seen it, Jared? There's a guy on the toilet. You ever seen that?
0: Um, I probably I saw this when I was ten.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so you have, and it's been latched into your memory since then right
0: no i have no idea what you're talking uh, about
2: that's too bad there's a diarrhea scene and it is pretty because the guys a, a gotta, gotta get that soda because they got some pepper bombs in their face right yeah yeah yeah
1: and i, I love the uh, the setup to that where it's a uh, tum tum he's like mm, this stuff is good and they just can't help themselves they're like give a give us that and they, uh, do, they have to have a drink do, do,
0: you, do you two yeah. know the tagline for three ninjas at least one of them
2: uh I saw one earlier today, something about
0: has ninja turtles in it, right? Yeah. Crosses teenage mutant ninja turtles in home alone.
1: <laughs> like is that I, a tagline? I, I mean, it's not a tagline, but it it's not it's, that far off. It, it's yeah. like,
0: it's just like a elevator pitch and people will go, Yeah, I'll give you fifty million dollars to make this movie.
1: <laughs> I mean I think that's what happened. Turtle Tub pulls down Big Bank. This well, is the man who brought but, you the kid, starring Bruce Willis,
0: Jarrett. bowl cuts don't come cheap either. And I see that those uh those mush cuts are on full display. Mm. Well I mean Tom jo- Tom's got a pretty good J- John Turtle Top. I mean, look at it, look at this. Cool runnings.
3: hmm
0: Yeah. Cool runnings. While you were sleeping. Phenomenon. What about the kid, Jarrett? Ooh, is this Instinct the one with uh Anthony? It is. And in, 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 in Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. Donald Sutherland.
3: What?
1: I know all about Cuba.
0: You know about Cuba. So about Cuba. yeah, cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, so uh, yeah, wh- wh- so how do you guys feel about this movie? It holds up.
1: I mean, I still like it a lot. I don't. I don't know if other pe- if people who didn't watch it as kids would get the same enjoyment out of it, but I like it a lot. I don't. What do you think, uh, <laughs> JP?
2: How about those early '90s when white guys could drop dress up as Arabs and um yeah that was an okay thing
1: yeah and it's, <laughs> it's tries very to
2: buy the missiles from snyder the bad guy
1: <laughs> did, you, did you and it's it's super low effort too it's just like it, it's honestly just like a piece of fabric with like one of those like uh like t- rings on it and like that's mm-hmm. all they did they're like he is arab now jared that's all they did to uh, get this achievement
0: uh, did, did you notice uh john turtled hobbs uh, other film One of his earlier works from 1989, Think Big, starring the Paul brothers, a.k.a. the Barbarian Twins.
1: I was not aware.
0: So allow me to... It's a truck driving movie. Um, The tagline for this film is, All they had was strength, determination, and a lucky chicken bone. Brains aren't everything. Uh, in the synopsis on Letterboxd, two mildly retarded truckers hired to transport toxic waste <laughs> across the country get caught up with a t- with a teen genius who stows away on their truck.
1: Excuse me. I
2: was unwell for a moment. Wow, um, I was not expecting that.
1: I was just very caught off guard by that. I was I was listening and I wasn't expecting the hard R's there.
0: Uh, mild, mild R.
1: Well, say it again. What was it?
0: Uh, well, you you heard me the first time. <laughs>
2: a lucky chicken bone too, huh? Uh,
1: yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I just, I was I was just taken aback. For but I, it's
0: it. like there's like a lot of things in there going on. I particularly being a bird that transporting toxic waste across the country and and teen
1: genius. I mean, it honestly. This sounds like something that would have happened in Three Ninjas. There's a lot going on in this movie as well. Jared. It just like fits so into, like it, well, it all makes sense. Because
0: well, I mean, uh, Justin, you had that list of like kind of like kids. Those, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: and this, yeah, kids' like, role movies. Yeah, of the nineties. Yeah, 90s. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Lots of backwards baseball caps and mush cuts there. That's for sure. Yep. Rocky yeah, mm-hmm. Rocky loves Emily.
1: Rocky loves Emily. See, I like when uh, the surfer dudes are pretending to be him on the little can phone <laughs> yeah.
2: stuff. we're just still talking hey, about come now. um did you notice the stuff. cheap electronica music going on throughout this thing like half yes. the time it's very sweet sounding then other times it's like really cheap
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh there's a it's got a weird kind of back and forth where it's like that and then there's also like just kind of like stock like canned kids M- movie music where it's
2: like
3: boop, boop, yeah. yeah,
2: it's a uh, smooth jazz, Jared. That's what it smooth. is. Smooth. Then I had a I had a really good time trying to spot all of Victor Wong stunt doubles throughout this mm. thing. As
1: uh, a chubby you little man
2: starts to. doing uh triple backflips and stuff, it's like yeah, it's probably not yeah. him. No, it probably was a guy with a guy with a pillow in his gi or whatever.
1: No, it was him.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can say it was him. It it might look like a stunt double, but it's him.
0: That's how good. That's just how good he is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's him.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I second what you said earlier about the you know the fighting in this still pretty pretty much holds up. One of the oddest yeah. things was like the big you know the big bully the um he was wearing a Vietnam MIA hat and I was just like yeah, mm. that's very that's that's an odd choice for being the school bully. <laughs>
1: yeah, I uh...
2: serious message there about our men and women who never came home well the bullies
0: you know they it's, uh, it's like it's a chuck Norris thing we got got to go back got to go
1: back <laughs> gotta
0: kill some more people. we, we, we,
2: we got to finish this war <laughs> this sidekick straight up look like vanilla ice yeah
1: he does yeah he does yeah and the, the uh jared the bully is like monologue for a while and we were watching and then like it kind of goes and goes and like two minutes in andrea kind of looked up from her phone she's like is the bully still talking and i was like yeah he's just he's doing his thing man he's just letting it all out he he doesn't stop he he, he demands to be heard so which is good stuff but you get a good basketball scene also vintage 90s sweat
2: he spotted them nine points. What was the point of that?
1: Oh, yeah, it's a game to ten, and uh, Jared, to make a point, he's like, we'll give you nine, and then everyone's like,
2: ooh. But it was just
1: like, that's a little risky. That's quite the handicap What? But... Yeah. Yeah, but they overcame. They did it. They
2: actually, they actually they lose.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, but it was about <laughs> sending a message, though. Yeah. Okay. And, and here they won. <laughs> in here is, in
0: is, 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 is this like another like lobotomy situation rj
1: <laughs> no i'm uh i think i'm on board for the for where i am oh, that the...
2: was a great moment because i could hear in oliver's voices like rj you're wrong <laughs> i want to say it but i can't and then later on i was like what should you didn't get a lobotomy somebody should somebody's got to
1: tell me if it happens because I don't have recognition. Someone's mm. got to tell me if I'm talking about something that doesn't happen.
2: Yeah. To wrap up, three you ninjas know. definitely a fun kids' rule kind of movie. Good time watching that every couple years.
3: Yes, um,
2: I agree. Now, uh, Jarrett, you watched a movie with yeah. me. Uh, yeah. A recommendation. Well, I knew uh, Jarrett liked the old grandpa World War II movies, mm-hmm. so I asked him to give me a recommendation, and he pulled up. Run silent, run deep, which I had never heard of, but I'm quite oh, really? pleased that I checked out this one. Cool.
0: Yeah, so yeah, you messaged me saying, "Hey, for the for this week, we should watch a movie. Uh, what, what's a grandpa movie you want to watch?" And I was like, "Huh," and then he, I kind of forgot. And then he messaged me again saying, "Hey, what are we watching?" I went, "Shit, I guess I should look at my list." <laughs> so I went to my World War II like movie list of like stuff I hadn't seen yet that was like a priority. And uh, I, I knew it was like probably gonna be a submarine movie, and I was like, huh, mm-hmm. what's it gonna be? And because there was like things like we're well, not even submarines, like naval anyway. Because there was like the Kane mutiny, and I was like, oh, that's like two hours. But I was like, oh, run silent, run deep. Ooh, baby, my man, Burt Lancaster, I love that guy. So I was like, let's do this one. This mm-hmm. this seems good. I finally finally can get it off my plate. And that that was good motivation to get me uh, watching a non-criterion movie mm. uh, nice. for for the week, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, uh, but yeah, I I was going into this blind too. Other than I know its reputation as being like uh, a good, you know, matinee. Like th- th- this is like very dad wave, the kind of movie that like mm-hmm. on a Saturday afternoon, you know television's left on History Channel or something like that or like one of these random channels and then suddenly Run Silent Run Deep pops on and maybe dad's like nah I don't know I got other things I'm doing but then he like flips through yeah. it and he sees that like cinematography he sees Don Rickles and Jack Warden <laughs> and he goes oh what's all this about now <laughs> and then yeah. he, and he's like and he gets it's just like uh, immersed in in the the man times, um, <laughs> and, and so yeah, this is this is like totally like I don't know, pretty straightforward. There's no um, moral ambiguity, at least from the characters of like we're going to blow the shit out of some Japanese, aren't we, boys? Um, so this is also <laughs> directed by Robert Wise. Who's uh, yep. a pretty it's good not music, right? Yep, uh, amongst many, like he's like pretty. This guy, people don't talk about Bob Wise as much as you'd expect, but this guy's got some. Uh, Why not? I don't know. We've talked about him before. You know, West Side Story, Day of the Earth Stood Still, Andromeda Strain. And the setup, um, pretty good. Haunting, Star Trek the mm-hmm. Motion Picture, mm-hmm. boring. But Curse of the Cat People, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. This guy's this guy's a good – he's a good shit. And this movie is actually fairly far down the list. So I guess I'm, I shouldn't be surprised that, Justin, you have not heard – you had not heard of this movie really before this week. But uh, like – so what's your like experience with like dad, wave, grandpa, horror – or uh, war movies, I guess?
2: I don't think I've seen a whole lot of them. I mean I think the only one I've seen is like The Dirty Dozen. Um Mostly the modern ones, the all-time bangers, um, and at least in the modern sense, I was really thrilled to see. This was only an hour and a half, which is pretty uncommon for a you mm-hmm. know a big epic World War II movie. Um, Clark Gable, one of my favorite actors of uh, Golden Age of Hollywood, he he's there as the main um, captain. There, the sub, like you mentioned, Burt Lancaster, Jack Warden, Don Rickles. I think the main thing else I've seen Burt Lancaster in was he's was in the um, the Leopard, right? Yep. Or he looks like completely different.
0: Yeah, and he, when he's dubbed in Italian, it's like but you've seen yeah, Sweet yeah. Small of Success though, right? He's in that one too? Okay. Yeah, because he's uh the, the the asshole. He's the uh what's his name? Wait, B- they're B- all B- asset B- uh uh or whatever. He's like the guy that Tony Curtis is trying to H- Hunt Hunsecker. Oh
2: okay.
0: So, so I mean yeah, he like that's like probably where he became like one of those guys where I was like, Oh, I I'm gonna watch like way more stuff with him now. Uh, was yeah, we sweet smell of success was that movie that was like the breakthrough for me. Where I was like, I've heard of this Burt Lancaster guy, but then I started <laughs> actually paying attention to it and realizing, like, oh, this guy is like so—he's uh, so charismatic. He has, he brings so—he just shows up and he's just uh, a joy to watch. As a, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, people yeah, write. A
2: good, I mean, I'll, some movies are a great genre. Um, like Hunt for the Red October, and I mean they're pretty far and few between but yeah I thought this was a very solid one especially being made in the late 50s I mean I thought the special effects held up relatively well I mean there's a few cheesy moments but um yeah with
0: the, the, uh, the <laughs> doing the torpedoes and the, uh, the when you when the big reveal spoilers people that there's there's a japanese sub and uh, you get them like passing one another and I mean it's obviously some optical work that there is there's is no submarines underwater whatsoever but that's fine
2: <laughs> um, why not I happened to see like whenever you had recommended this movie, one of the reviews said, you know, like very com- compares to Crimson Tide quite a bit, which is definitely the case. Uh, doesn't quite go that far as Gene Hackman, and Denzel. But, um, yeah, you definitely get that kind of like leadership rivalry here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the plot. So Gable, well, he had his own ship and he went down to this one area and he lost his his sub. And so he kind of screws Lancaster's character out of a job on another sub. And so he's all about, like, getting his crew up to, like, up to snuff. He wants to be able to, like, dive, like, within, like, 30 seconds or something, 32 seconds in order yeah. to knock out these destroyers. Because he's all about ki- killing some destroyers. And so he really um, gets them going on, like, the drills and stuff and able and to be able to pull that off.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like the, I don't know, your uh, Ahab-ish, like, oh, re- yeah, revenge. Like, he wants the revenge on this ship, this Japanese warship that sunk him. Uh, the and, 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 or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And so, yeah, because he survives with some of his crew. Obviously, he loses some. And he mm-hmm. he kind of stews on this for, like, a full year. And as that year progresses, he's kind of, like, not allowed to be on a sub. He's, like, kind of got desk duty and over the time like there's been three more subs that have been uh, sunk in these in these waters um, mm-hmm. and so an opportunity's he's finally like enough's enough. Cause he's been kind of running through this scenario of like how he would do things differently. If he could do it again, uh, Jack Warden's mm-hmm. kind of his right hand man and an opportunity pops up he's like, I'm taking it. He makes a phone call. Uh, Bert Lancaster was in line to become captain of the crew. All the crew love him cause he's a swell guy, very well respected. <laughs> and Clark Gable steps in and kind of swoops out from under him. So, I mean, Bert Lancaster is also, he, the character is still a professional and respects those boundaries, and I mean, they don't like uh, labor it too much in terms of like the tension that's there. They kind of go, "Hey, at the end of the day, man, yeah. like you're 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 my commanding it's officer." Of friction. Yes, because mm. a lot of the crew kind of undermine um, Gable's character. Um, yeah, and they, Commander they Richardson. Try to, yeah,
2: try to get a mutiny going, and you know they they snuff that out pretty quick. Yeah,
0: kind of saying, "No, no, we're we're not about this. This is at the end of the day, the U.S. military, and we we're at war, and we follow the." Uh, uh, you know command like there's there's a there's an order to these things but then they start realizing that uh Gables out there for like his own like personal vendetta and he's yeah, willing he, like,
2: to they get a chance to like blast out a um Japs Japanese sub and um you mm-hmm. know they just like lay low and let it, let him pass it and then they doesn't he's real he's all about the destroyers
0: yeah he wants to get he wants to get where he needs to to do a practice run with this new technique of his that he's figured out uh, and it works which impresses the hell out of the boys um, and then, of course, they do get to the supply ch- line that's going on, which is guarded by one of the commanding ships, uh, or by the by the destroyer, and they attempt their move. But they, of course, didn't account for uh, an air force also protecting uh, this trade line, mm-hmm. and it they get they get rocked, they have to go dive uh you get some of the um the depth charge scenes where they're just waiting around yeah. to, to see what's gonna happen, which of course for is little, like this there for a little while, yeah, and of course they do lose some men and uh you get some kind of uh I don't know. I guess what's kind of presented is a fairly callous move of using the now dead people who had uh, because mm-hmm. of a hatch blowing. They use them as a decoy. They just load them up into the torpedo shoots and then just like release them up. And then those bodies and some clothing and stuff like that float to the surface, which of course tricks the Japanese uh, soldiers yep. who are like, oh, they must be dead. We can move on. And you're like, I mean damn, I mean, it's kind of like, well, I guess no one's going to be burying those bodies back home, but it also saved the lives of, like, 50 people who are still alive and can still continue the fight. So it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, there's a presentation of, like, the grim choices that have to be made in war. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're able to regroup. Uh, There's a debate about, like, whether or not they should go back to Pearl Harbor to like uh, lick their wounds or continue the offense. But clearly, Clark Gable has like kind of lost the ability to command. Sure. He's also grievously wounded, which is something that he wants to conceal. Um, yeah,
2: kind of concussion. and Yeah, and, and, and then some internal the bleeding...
0: That's, like, coming out of him. Yeah. Uh, it's very underplayed, I guess, that part. And then, finally, so Burt Lancaster realizes there's an opportunity here after all to, like... Because everyone thinks they're dead, and they're like, we can do this. We could actually uh, take these tactics that we've been practicing and, like, actually uh, do what we set here out to, to do, which is, you know, help win the war uh, effort. And uh, I don't know. So the one and thing there's that... This,
2: oh. There's a strange detail where, like, what they're throwing their trash out, and I guess God. the Japanese fish boats are finding the trash and like digging through it and finding out who's on yeah. their boats. And like, they're finding out this is all happening through like, um, the radio. Cause like, but they have those, um, most like, things. Yeah. Well, not only that is like, they had that, um, the thing where they're broadcasting to the American troops, trying to get sympathy for the Japanese or whatever. Saying, oh yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah Tokyo Rose. Second.
0: Yeah. hmm. Yes. So yeah, you find out that like, you know, the, it's kind of like the, oh, yeah, you never know what you're throwing out in your garbage. Because if you throw out like a car that's got some names on it, you throw it out mm-hmm. with the like, trash, but that trash floats if it's not weighted down. And then the Japanese, like, fishing boats snatch it up and then they give it to the military and they can use it for their propaganda. Um, and so they kind of realize, oh, they think that we're dead. We can use this to our advantage. Uh, they show mm-hmm. up. And the one thing that I found, like, ugh, curious with this movie is, there's like the big kind of final exchange and they basically blow up the destroyer with ease and you're kind of like, Oh, that's the end of the movie. But no, what ha- what turns out is that there is a, uh, the secret weapon is the Japanese also mm-hmm. have a submarine and they're using it to pick off uh, these ships. Cause they don't know, they don't see it coming because they just mm-hmm. think it's the destroyer. But in fact, that is on this top, but below they're just lying in wait. And that's where the Morse code thing mm-hmm. comes in because that's where they're like, they're using it to communicate, to figure out uh, coordinates. Mm-hmm. Which is a curious thing, um, but yeah, there's like, there's like kind of like a weird thing about watching war movies for me is like I don't really like I'm like you see, like and it's kind of nice with this movie is like there's not this like dehumanizing portrayal of the Japanese soldiers. They're treated as like these are people who are also trying to win a war on, on their own side, um, and so like there's definitely been movies where it's more like raw, raw, like guy <laughs> gotta kill the enemy at all in all ways and so watching it now you're kind of like oh i feel bad for everybody who gets killed and so there's that moment where like the victorious torpedoes go sailing into the japanese ship after and they get like hoodwinked uh not realizing that their decoy ship that has no bottom is actually a way to get the missiles underneath it and hit them and they're just like oh shit and they just explode and you're supposed to be like yeah they got them but you're like oh (laughs) there's like 60 dead people That had they were trying to do the exact same thing that these guys were doing, which is essentially survive and fight to live another Mm -hmm. day. But now they're dead, and all these guys were on boats. They're just trying to do their jobs too. And oh, the the war, everything. War sucks. (laughs) Which I don't think is the the intention. I I know, I know. But it's just like it's like, but like it is a curious thing that like Robert Wise depicts these guys like the enemy as just like. Not like malicious. They're just like no. They're trying to. They're 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 yeah. on, they're on equal footing because like when this movie comes out in nineteen fifty eight, they're occupying. I mean, America's occupying Japan still, and now it's like they have a different mm-hmm. relationship. So you can't just like do these like really crazy awful racial stereotypes like you'd see back in the forties, in the early forties, while the war was going on. And now it's nineteen fifty eight. But it's like there's obviously a market to portray World War Two, but in a slightly different light. And I think there is like it's not maybe sympathetic, but it's definitely more like it's ex- we're gonna present this as exciting and a statement of facts rather than like uh we gotta we gotta fire up the boys at home and really uh turn your stomach mm-hmm. and make you like don't you want to go up there and kill <laughs> join the army yeah no <laughs> it's not yeah, like not that probably, it's not that type yeah, of movie yeah it, it avoids that which is cool which is good
2: that was a great little moment where the the older guy gets he like gets caught on top and then they want to run another drill where they're gonna they're gonna dive 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 and he yeah. almost gets caught up there on top and have to yank his ass down, but um, yeah. I mean, overall, really excellent, and uh, I would say condensed uh, submarine movie. Um, yep. really gets to the point fast and quite enjoyable. Special effects hold up and great character acting.
0: Are, are you going to uh, take a dive into more Dad Wave, Justin? You, you want some
2: recommendations? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to see what you see what you got. Yeah, Cap. I I, I kind of missed out on my Fourth of July annual war movie because I was down in Disney. Um, Born on the 4th of July is probably one of the next things on my horizon. But, yeah, did you want to throw okay. some recommendations at me?
0: Oh Well, maybe. Yeah, Let me see here. Well, have you seen Dirty Dozen? A long time ago. So okay. So I, I, would, I would definitely do a rewatch on that. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, you got uh, you have Veterans Day coming up this later. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. It's up in September, I think. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, there's uh, if you click over on Letterboxd with my review for um, – uh, Run Silent, Run Deep. We've got uh, some Dad Wave linkage. Uh, those are all movies okay. that I think they've like. Where Eagles Dare um, and Dirty Dozen I think fit the bill pretty good. And if you uh, if you haven't watched um, Bridge on the River Kwai for a long time, forever, that movie
2: is uh, pretty awesome too. Okay, yeah, I revisited that one not too long ago. Okay,
0: so cool, cool. Hmm. Well, a- uh, anything else you want to talk about?
2: Um, I saw Umbock um the Mohi oh, Thai okay. Warrior. Starring uh, Tony Jaw. So I remember a long time ago, like I had some friends, they were watching this show, and it's like, hey, check it out. He's bashing guys with his knees and his elbows. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. All right, see you later. (laughs) So I never really watched it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I have a podcast coming up with another guy. We're going to start a new um, show where basically I'm going to contact random podcasters and get them to come on and uh, watch a movie that they've always wanted to see but they never got around to. So Ung Bak is my first one. Man, I mean, Jackie Chan movies are great. Bruce Lee movies are great. But, man, this Tony Jaa guy, mm-hmm. man, I was kind of getting the breath uh, kind of pushed out of me watching him really, really nail guys in the head and stuff with his elbows and pretty some crazy shit. Um man, those Thai folks really like those uh those Buddha heads. Um yeah, that's all oh, yeah. I'll say about it now. But um yeah, kind of a cheesy little martial arts flick, but man, it um it packs a punch. No pun intended.
0: Yeah, uh, this is that movie that I always know is um, was like Quentin Tarantino pushed the shit out of Tony Job back when. It was always like, oh, man, these are like these are amazing pieces of cinema, and yeah, he was very high on them. So that's why I watched them way back when. I mean, that was like in that window time where it's like he'd 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 sell you on a movie. You're like, well, I better watch it. Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. he watches everything, so he, he's got to know what he's talking about. I don't think uh, I don't know if he's still got that touch nowadays, but uh, it seems like he shows up on these podcasts every. Year or two, and he has this, some deep cuts, and people start watching them all of a sudden. I know Sam Sanchez, I think, watched a few, and they were sound like they mm-hmm. were winners, so maybe he still knows how to pick them.
3: <laughs> now, what about that? So, bit? back in the
2: yeah, I'll go. I was just gonna say, back in the day, I watched a little bit of a Star Trek, um, uh, The Next Generation. Yeah, never, I don't Ooh. think I ever saw a full episode before. uh other, I've seen all the movies. Uh, I think so for the most part. But yeah, today I dove into some uh, Star Trek Voyager season Holy six. shit! <laughs> so, as a uh, completely newbie to Star Trek, I dove wow. into Voyager season six. So, Woo! yeah, that, wow. So I, I'm actually I have a few way comments.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm very interested to hear what like a person who's like barely watched Star Trek thinks of season yeah. six Voyager with like zero context. Other well, than this one, podcast, I guess.
1: Yeah, one thing I we should say before you even get there is when we talk about, or when we, when I talk about Voyager, do you listen or do you just skip right through it? Because I know a lot of people who just skip right through that.
2: No, I listen to it, but okay. it, it's it's one of those things where I think only like I might retain like maybe 15% of what's said.
1: Yep. Yeah. So. Okay. Good. Sounds good. Sounds good. So
2: you watched some Voyager, huh? How was that? Yeah, so... The season premiere, Equinox. It's 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 part two of something I don't know what happened in part uh-huh. one from season five, where uh-huh. it starts out pretty kick ass. Where um, there are these these random little gremlin things flying around and they're zapping them, and it's a pretty good action scene. And um, yeah, so this Federation ship, the uh, the Voyager, um, cap- captained captain by the very uncharismatic uh, Janaway lady. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. So they're going after Ransom Which I, I don't have no, any context be- Behind why Ransom And her have some kind of feud with You know, um, dueling Federation ships yep. um, Yeah, so that, that's going on uh, So to get rid of the bad CGI monsters They uh, they find this random Guy who oh, I forget what even happened there But uh, yeah, they, they, they killed them eventually um, And okay. Let's see, the doctor's a cyborg guy, and um, he has a double, and then, like, the double killed the other guy, and, yeah, I don't know why, but that happened. Um, yes. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, Chicote, Yeah, I've heard J- Jared say that, or uh, RJ say that quite a few times. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <a> <laughs> yeah, Chakotay's the man. Where, Sorry, uh, say again. Where uh, Janway is trying to torture, I guess, one of the uh, – Mm-hmm. One of Ransom's crew to tell him, what, you know, where Ransom's at, and, um, and it's like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. that, that that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ch- I think Jacoté is almost having kind of a um, a mutiny of uh, himself of, of Janeway, but they yeah. work that all out, and they yeah. they blast Ransom's ship, and um, yeah, I'm much more of a fan of this. Uh, what Jerry Ryan, who plays the former Borg chick, um, mm-hmm. yeah, she was she was a nice character. So what's what's the uh, what's the RJ um, company line on this one?
1: Okay, well, um, season five ended, and I think I when I was talking to it, I mentioned I was really on board with this until the last like ten minutes, where it's like they encounter another Alpha Quadrant Federation ship. These guys have been put through shit, and they're having a hard go. And I was like, oh man, that what a what a neat idea, and I like the space goblins, but then uh, it. it dips into one of one of my most hated things which is the body swap so i don't like mind control i don't Mm -hmm. like brainwash i don't like doppelgangers i don't like body swaps i think it's very lazy and it's a very easy way to create conflict but uh for uh the opener of season six this is just the second part of that so Mm -hmm. uh because of that because knowing going into it, it was body swapping, it uh, it lowered my attention span. So all I got for this was body swap bad guys, two out of four stars, because I just, it's not that quippy, but uh, I just don't like body swapping. I think it's so stupid. I, I find it so lazy.
2: Was so that the but- thing with the
1: doctor? Yeah, so what happened... The Doctor's a hologram. He's not a real person. He's a hologram. And what happened was the bad ship has a hologram of him as well, and they swapped spots, basically. So the bad one is on the good ship, and the good one is on the bad ship. And so, like, that That was what was going on. And, uh, yeah, I uh, I think everything else I liked quite a bit, but uh, I don't like body swapping because it's it just... It's a way to—it's an easy way out of a mind di- that, like, when you're stuck somewhere, you're like, "Uh, let's get someone else in here who's got a different body." So, anyways, yeah, it's—it's it's not a bad uh, season opener, but I, I hate body swaps, so I was kind of like, "Eh, yeah." <laughs> so, did you—I did you watch some more Voyager?
2: Uh, yeah, season two. I would dub uh, "Live Live Free or Die Borg." Oh uh, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this is about the uh, what is it? Seven of nine. Is, yes. his, is her name yeah. um yeah they run into some folks at a bar and apparently they were her old borgie friends and then there's this old flashback where they're like hey we're not borg anymore and but she's just like but all i've never known is borg so i'm gonna turn you in you assholes and they're like no but then she becomes not borg and then she feels guilty that she made her borg and so they have the option of either turn them back into the hive or um Uh, letting them free but then they'll soon die and so then there's that whole like conscious of uh, crisis of conscience where she has to decide if is it better to live or better to die and not be free so um yeah that's what i got from that one it was cool to see the borg stuff
1: yeah the the borg stuff's always cool voyager hits it a little too hard but uh, the borg stuff is always cool to see so uh, for 602 Uh, This episode is called Survival Instinct, but I have 602 making seven less special, two out of four stars. Um, So this is an okay two out of four stars. (laughs) But so the whole, so just a little context for you, JP. This whole last like two seasons since they've brought her on, they have made her to be this, she's the only Borg that has gotten away ever. She's you. She was entirely unique, and she has this whole like set of skills she has only because she's a Borg. But it's never happened before. Which
3: and includes in this,
1: singing. Which includes singing, but that's that's kind of the Doctor has persuaded her to do that. So, okay. uh, yeah. So she can sing, but uh, so her whole like her whole thing was that she was unique, and that kind of fit in with her individual versus collectivism. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, they they don't undo it, but then they like, they kind of poke holes in it where they're like, Oh no, there's lots of Borg drones who want to leave as soon as they get disconnected. And so for me, I was kind of like, Whoa, 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 this is going against not just Borg, but this is going against seven of nine stuff as well. So it's like, I feel like the people writing this episode, they didn't just watch three series of star Trek in a year. Like I did. I'm on, I'm on top of this Borg mythos. I know what's going on. I say, you guys needed to go reveal uh review that uh one. But uh, it's not a bad episode. But what's going on, Jared, is they uh it's like it's an instance when Seven's still a drone and she encounters four other drones that are like becoming individuals again and then she she like blasts them and puts them back as drones. And now she feels bad about it. But uh, it takes my place big... in
2: this mysterious swamp.
1: Yeah, it's like when they get disconnected from the collective. But uh, my big thing, I was just like, I was like this is somewhat undoing what you've. Making her special <laughs> and then it comes up like four or five more times later the rest of this uh, season. So I don't know.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Anyways, oh.
2: and there's something weird with the, the one dude and he goes into the uh, what's like the VR thing. The holodecks again?
1: Oh, the holodecks.
3: The holodeck.
2: Yeah. And he's like, "So, are you supposed to see people in there?" And he's like, "No, it's just landscapes." But he's seeing somebody in there, anyways. I guess that goes somewhere.
1: Yeah, there's the seasons had a mix of like holodecks with like landscapes, and then dreams and like holodecks. There's a common thing of holodecks things becoming real. But mm-hmm. were you okay. gonna say something else, Stuart? No. Oh, I thought I cut you off. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff.
2: All right, so one more episode. Uh, oh, episode shit. three. Um, hooray for Klingons. Um, uh huh. So yeah, me being a very uh, novice Star Wars or Star Trek fan. Uh, yeah, it was cool to see some uh, Klingon lore get risen here. Um, so there's mm-hmm. this Klingon lady on board, and I guess she finds an artifact, and that causes her to have mental shifts into this um okay maybe could you put this into context first this is it's this is like, very it's, confusing
1: it's like Klingon purgatory cling on hell and okay. it's for it's for those who die dishonorably jared mm,
0: yeah that makes total sense to me yeah
1: so the Klingon thing is all about honor so it's all it's all which actually fits for our uh our creep tonight it's all yeah. about honor and things like that and if you die dishonorably you go to hell and that's what they're symbolizing. This is Klingon hell. Yeah, but...
0: I was gonna say like right. I, one of yeah. the weird things that came that came about when I was uh, watching Next Generation through again uh, was just like how much Klingon lore is just uh,
1: Japanese samurai stuff. But yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Klingons are a weird mix between like Japanese samurais and then like like Russians, kind of. Hmm. <laughs> or or Romulans, Russians.
0: Well, they're just like your yeah, hard to I, say. It's hard to well, say. they neighboring like, countries. So. There's there's a there's a mixture, yeah. a little, little a, bit of everything.
1: Yeah, they're they're a mix.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I got a kick out of the fact that uh, they have like a Hooray Klingon Day for the, the lady because she found this artifact or whatever. So they're all like drinking Klingon blood wine. Right, right. And then they're singing Klingon songs. <laughs> as, it's pretty goofy and then yeah. she like passes out and she finds out like that i guess her mother mom's about to die and since she went against her klingon ways like the mom's gonna die dishonorably oh, so no. she has to like sacrifice herself and yeah all that kind of stuff happens it's kind of like search for spock in a way um similar. similar but uh yeah yeah it was cool to see the klingon stuff and uh one, one, you know, so they the Klingons have that big, um, like, bat thing. yeah. So like, she's like, oh, I don't like that thing because it's so like overblown or whatever. But um, you know, so that was kind of some interesting commentary on like minimalism versus like the how the Klingons are more um, brute and have these bulky weapons.
1: Yeah, she has a big thing about saying that it's cumbersome, and then right. Tuvok is like, oh, is it? And then he dances it around a little bit. He's like, maybe you just need discipline. And then he he hits a hits a classic her with Tuvok. Classic Tuvok.
0: Classic Tuvok, Tuvok. is
2: a uh, he's a uh, Vulcan. Vulcan. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah,
0: but he's like a pure he's, he's Vulcan. He's not like yeah, Spock, who's he's kind a, of like who's got that human playful. blood.
1: <laughs> yeah, Spock's a half half. Where Tuvok is full Vulcan, and he uh, he he gives off weird vibes sometimes, where you go, oh. Yeah, Tuvok. He's
0: kind of an unrelenting prick. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He never stops. Yeah. So this episode, uh, oh, wait, oh sorry, I go
2: some, ahead. Oh, and I had some religious subtext where it's just like you're a, a born again Klingon. Was what was the that was yeah. the line? It's something like that. Yeah.
0: So this, this, is, pre- this is so this is Torres town.
1: This is Bomana Torres. Yeah, Jared, of course, o- of course, yeah. of course. So this is 603 Barge of the Dead. And uh my um my review of six oh three was uh was uh, Will Bomana Ever Not Be Klingon two out of four stars. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you I don't know how much you've been listening, uh, JP, but uh every about six episodes, uh for so this lady Bomana Torres, who's a half Klingon, every about six or seven episodes it's her getting really angry and having anger management issues, but it, they're always like, Well she's Klingon what are you going to do? And so uh, they, she always fights it. So this is, is just another in a long cascade. The, Klingon, but uh, Klingon the, Hell was cool.
0: They, they didn't have much for her, for that character.
1: They didn't have much for her to do. She's just kind of there. Um, but uh, th- it's a cool episode, because like, I, I do think Klingon Hell is pretty cool. But uh, it does. Um, it Unfortunately, it, it kind of dips too much into things they've done. Yeah already a bunch of times which is just like because she's like i don't want to be klingon and they're like but you are and it's like I, I know they're trying to say something bigger where it's like people are like oh, i don't want to be like this thing and they're like but you are so mm-hmm. there's You're, something about that rg do you
0: remember when uh klingon satan so so showed commentary.
1: up klingon satan where, where was that
0: it's like that episode where like they uh go to that planet uh, in TNG, and how does it go? There's like a woman pretending to be like a Q-level god, and she's like, "I am, I am the devil, I am." I, I, I uh, yes, I do. But but that. it but yeah. it turns out she's just a con artist using a ship. Yeah. yeah, she was the
1: Wizard of Oz in it.
0: Yep. But yeah, that was a good one. I'll see if I can find a picture of uh, the, the, the the Klingon Satan. Oh, that Klingon Satan. That's an article from CBC. That's not going to work. <laughs>
1: That'll take a little bit.
0: Yeah, Yeah. forget about it. Look it up, cling on Satan.
1: (laughs) Cling on Satan. It was a cool for the kids. For the kids. For the kids.
3: Yeah.
1: Well I'm glad you uh so uh JP, your your dip into Voyager, which is undoubtedly the the lowest of the Star Trek series (laughs) so
2: far. Thus far. Uh,
1: Okay. Uh thus far. How did you feel about this?
2: You yeah, know, I I enjoyed it. I didn't really know oh, yeah. what to expect, and it was definitely confusing to start off with. But in episode two and 3 were pretty uh, you know, fed things to you more more gradually. And mm-hmm. I don't see myself watching it anymore, but I'll be definitely curious to see what happens next <laughs> well, through your uh, very short reviews. You gotta
0: get your nice. maybe get your nice. maybe get the boys to watch some Star Trek. It Really make make them nerds for life. You
1: know.
0: Yeah. There you go. Why not I, give it a try? I'd say-
1: do it right though and go either original series or or next generation oh, don't are... don't start with voyager Sh- show
0: show them the gorn and they'll be like dinosaur people
1: and they'll go sign me up yeah yeah that's, what, Gor- that, that,
0: that's how it began for me i think spock's pretty cool though there's something pretty uh mm-hmm. kid friendly and appealing about spock i don't know there's some leonard nimoy has an energy to him you're like man what's up with this guy he looks so weird but cool <laughs> say about us so they say about us too absolutely <laughs> absolutely well um is that it for creeping
2: i'm done you saw so you saw nemesis a couple weeks ago
0: i did oh,
2: okay
0: yeah i did i did watch that one uh whatever for last week i barely talked about it because granger hasn't uh, gotten that far in track and rj hasn't either and uh what can you say Tom Tom Hardy, or as I keep typing Tom Brady in places, and I go, oh, no, right. not, not Tom Brady, it's Tom Hardy, who apparently uh, either developed or went into that production with a drug addiction, so that's fun. That's like fun facts for you. Could have been. Could have been. Could have been. Could have been. Um, been. Not great, not great. Uh, any news we want to talk about? Because I know, RJ, you don't watch movies and I don't watch movies, so
1: i don't watch movies
2: not usually that's not used either the suicide squad hits hbo max tomorrow
0: oh yeah well i think we'll be
1: be in theaters yeah
0: and apparently
2: Uh, polka dot man's in it
1: polka dot man is in that he he's a uh, he's a cool dude And, and john's jan cena john cena you know actually so if that does pop up for the uh 30 rental if andy is on board i'll maybe consider it i'll maybe consider it i'd rather watch it at home than go to the theater is what i'm saying but that oh. sounds okay that sounds cool a lot of people are suing disney over uh releasing their movies on uh
2: streaming no oh yeah ScarJo. Yeah. ScarJo and, and, and someone else G- gerald butler uh,
1: yeah. Someone else right after ScarJo, another lady. Um
0: yeah. Well, who was it? You know, maybe Disney should uh, negotiate contracts fairly, not be little greedy pigs.
1: Well, I mean, what's in your contract? Like, what's in those contracts that? Uh, well, I mean, says something that's like it has to be released in theaters. Yeah, but something? and that was
0: and that was written in a pre-COVID world, and then it, COVID happens, yep. and they're oh, we're gonna stick to that though. It's like Aria, and uh, I See, don't
3: know. I,
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm kind of actually with Disney where their thing was just kind of like, well, these people aren't taking into consideration the global pandemic. And it's like, oh, Disney, I feel like that's a fair thing to say. And they Eh. pushed it back like forever. They pushed it back an entire
3: year.
0: Well... Well, the part of part of the problem here, though, is I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with uh, Disney's aversion to paying people. They don't like to pay people what yeah. they're worth. Uh, there's like the one author who wrote like Star Trek or Star Wars novelizations back in the '70s, uh, Alan David Foster, um, and apparently he, he's like owed royalties because he was writing the stuff, you know, for 20th Century Fox, uh, you know, for the movie adaptations, and they paid him royalties for decades. Disney buys 20th Century Fox, and they just stop paying him. And they're, he's like, uh, excuse me, you still owe me money. And they're like, oh, no, we bought the rights. We didn't buy your contract, which is bullshit. That's not how that works. But Disney just mm. has pulled that. And if you look this up, they just don't want to pay writers or uh, creative people anymore for work uh, rendered in the past. They're just like, "Now nah, we're not going to do that. So there's like the, the alien comics that uh, people worked on back in the 80s and 90s for Dark Horse, which were licensed comics. For the last 25 years, they collected royalties for their work mm. that they had done in the past, which is like kind of just fair. And uh, that's what writing guilds are for, they're unions. And uh, Disney acquires them, and then they just go, We're not paying you anymore. <laughs> that's it. And you're like, Huh, one of the biggest companies in the world just doesn't want to pay people things. So I don't know. Take them to the cleaners. Like, this is, it's ridiculous because they, of course, have this power because they have a monopoly. They have unlimited resources to pay for lawyers out the wazoo to defend their position um, and I don't know it's going to be in the court of law they're going to find some sort of precedent for this which I don't think there is morally why don't they just pay people uh, this mm-hmm. like th- th- I don't know it's not it's not that difficult right this is the same thing with DC and Alan Moore uh, these corporations yeah. suck work for hire sucks um, I don't know it's, it's junk and I don't know it's like defending multi-millionaire actors and stuff like that i don't know i'm always going to take the side of labor in this uh, scenario so Uh,
1: i have an alternative for you yeah what if what if we what if they all should lose
0: all of us well we all i think we all will in the end rj we all do lose
1: oh okay yeah let's say disney and the actors fuck all of them (laughs) they're doing fine they don't Neither of them need our help right
2: yeah. So did you hear about this uh Cohen brothers split up? No. What? So apparently Joel Cohen says he is uh currently retired from filmmaking. He wasn't involved in making their newest flick, uh Macbeth, which is supposed to come out with um as um Denzel Washington and what's the ones um uh, gosh. Fargo
0: Francis McDermott. Francis McDermott <laughs> yeah. Joel Cohen's wife, yeah.
2: Yeah, so both of them are supposed to be in the new Macbeth. But yeah, um, Joel Cole, I believe it's Joel, um, said, yeah, he's he's doing theater stuff right now. He's apparently currently retired from filmmaking. So hmm. so
0: uh, uh, was it uh, the last movie? Scrags. That's going to be the last Cohen joint?
3: Sure.
2: So, yeah. and I, I, I just <laughs> recently um, got into, uh, what is it, Hail Caesar. Nah, that wasn't a bad show. I like got uh, a little bit too much. No, you're, shit. you're
1: talking to the wrong guys.
2: <laughs> we
1: we are the minority of people who do, who are not fans of that show, which I find most
2: people are. Most people oh, I are, thought most uh, people were like shitting on that. I thought you guys had the contrary opinion where you thought it was yeah, it was all right.
1: You, you might have got that one a little flipped, where uh, I think most people do like that, but uh, us too. It's, we, it's, we it's weren't kind of, we weren't we weren't huge
3: fans. That's
0: all. This is a pretty po- this is a common thing though for. Uh, Coen brother comedies, is they are pretty divisive. I think like Burn After sure. Reading, uh, Hudsucker Proxy, Raising Arizona. It's either they hit for you or they don't. Like I, I even consider like Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which is still probably, I think pretty well regarded, but some people are just like I don't get this. I, I want me some Fargo. I think Big Lebowski's pretty much like locked as their like most probably most beloved movie or has like the largest cult following that just like. Blots out mm-hmm. the sun with just like how mm-hmm. it's fandom, but yeah, it seems like that's those movies of theirs. Like it's either it, it hits you or it's like doesn't work at mm-hmm. all. Because we also when we watched uh, Hill's, uh Caesar, we, we that was a double header for us. Uh, we, we watched yeah we we yeah we watched the number I was number two. The first part was watching uh, the Witch at eleven in the morning, and then we watched uh, Hill Caesar right after that. And man, what a what a
2: tonal change. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Ethan who is uh, currently retired.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We we had a weird. Jared and I have had weird theater experiences where *Hail Caesar* was the second of a long day and then there's other movies Uh where people are like we love this movie what happened and we were like well we went and the speakers didn't work in the theater (laughs) and it's like stuff like that it's like oh so you didn't like like annihilation
0: or not annihilation Uh, yeah Yeah. it was annihilation yeah it was annihilation yeah i was thinking it's
1: like you didn't like it it's like we have no opinion on it we couldn't hear the fucking movie for two hours so (laughs) goodness i don't know what to tell you good times.
2: times there's a lot of underdeveloped characters in that movie but overall yeah i thought it was an okay show and then my final bullet here is I guess Pig is now the best-reviewed live-action movie of Nicolas Cage's career. Pig, eh? Yeah. I still hmm. need to see this, Pig. Has anybody seen Pig? Nope. Coming to
1: Creepsville's theater uh, in two days. Okay. Okay. Jarrett. If, wow. uh, I'm not going to go, but Jarrett can uh, go.
0: No. I, oh, I was thinking about going to see Green Knight a little bit. A
1: little bit? Just a little bit? A little, little bit. bit, yeah.
0: Just a touch. Yeah. Just touch. Just because I was like, oh, man, that that's a movie I would want to see. <laughs> like, a, yeah. what an awful thing. Um, yeah. All right. Well, damn it, boys. We got a, a real big movie to talk about. Um, oh, shit. So We should hop to it after a break. So after the break, um, we're going to go pay a visit to some local lord and uh, ask if we can kill ourselves on his front step. We'll see how that goes. Yeah.
3: rider, motorcycle hero baby, 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 baby. he's looking so cute Sneaking round, round, round in a blue jumpsuit Bruce rider, motorcycle hero Please, in a way. って 異色に類のない人には初戦わから。<笑> Okay, and they sing.
0: And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Harry Carey from 1962, directed by Masaki Kobayashi, and we are joined by Patreon co-guest host Justin Peterson. Hello again, Justin, for your third time. Woo! Howdy. Hi. Samurai. Samurai traditions. So, what's this Harry Carey all about? Uh, The tagline Mm. for this film. The world has never understood why the Japanese prefer death to dishonor. Winner of pre-special dujuri at Cannes 1963 provides the answer. Exclamation marks. Aging samurai Hanshiro Sugomo arrives at the home of Kajiyu Saito and asks to commit a ritual suicide on the property, which Saito thinks is a ploy to gain pity and a job. Saito tells Sugomo of another samurai, Matome Kijawa who threatened suicide as a stratagem, only to be forced to follow through on the task. When Sugomo reveals that Chigawa was his son-in-law, the disclosure sets off a fierce conflict. So, uh, first of all, is that uh, the letterbox tagline? That is the that is the letterbox synopsis. It's a pretty lengthy one. Yeah. Um, that lengthy bit from The Aging Samurai On. Um mm-hmm. so this is a movie that is was a second time viewing for me and one that I was looking forward to since I watched this in 2015. Uh this was one of those uh rare occasions, I guess, where you pop on a criterion that you have never really heard mm-hmm. of before. Uh you go in with like, you know, moderate hopes, like, oh, hopefully my $40 I spent on this uh, blindly will pay off, and this will live up to the hype. And did in spades for me is this. I uh, got one of uh, those rare, like, five-star count-it reviews on Letterboxd where I was like, holy Ooh. smokes, this thing rocked my socks um, in a lot of ways. What uh, else
1: did it do? Uh, uh, I don't know. It's,
0: just rocking socks, is, that takes a lot out of a movie. I mean, It didn't are, ninja scroll you? It did not ninja scroll me. Uh, I did not. Damn. I'm genitals okay. are intact. RJ. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's, Can, I continue. It's, I not, it's not, that kind of affair. Jeez. So, it's, wow. it's, it's yeah. so, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I've been wanting to rewatch it and, uh, here was the opportunity as we got to it fairly quickly compared to other movies that I would like to rewatch someday in the criterion collection. And my fear of course was, will this hold up? Because, uh, hmm. recently, uh, when we rewatched Sword of Doom, my first time viewing of that was also like really, really positive, And I thought that movie was amazing. And on rewatch, it was like, Oh, this movie's okay. <laughs> so I was like, Oh no, Is, am I going to get uh sort of doomed here? Is Harry Curie not mm-hmm. going to live up to my memory, but we'll, we'll find out. Um, so <laughs> What about you two? What do you What do you know about this Harry Curie? I mean, Justin, what What brings you back onto the show to discuss Harry Curie?
2: All right. So, when I first came on the show about a little over two years ago, came on for Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Freaking love that movie. It is a uh, an essential for my upbringing as a human. Mm-hmm. Then I wanted to come in and uh, talk about something I'd never seen before, but was quite curious about. So I wanted to talk about uh, Diary of a Country Priest, which I enjoyed. But overall, you know, it was OK. And now Harry Carey. What did Justin think about this one? Mm-hmm. So this is one I've always considered a little overrated in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get really annoyed on like the Facebook profiles or the Facebook um Criterion pages when everyone's like, "Hey, what's the best samurai movie out there?" And it's like, "Oh, Harry Carey for sure." And I'm much more of I think Rand is like one of the best um, samurai movies out there. So for some reason, yeah, I'm just one of these kind of persons where where if a movie didn't really strike right for me and everybody's praising it, I get kind of annoyed by that. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my um, overall takeaway from Harry Carey. And so, but I have. I list on Letterboxd where I say, you know, Criterion Second Chances. Um, So I have a handful of movies on there. I mentioned a few of them last week when I mentioned, like, Army of Shadows. um, uh, All that jazz is on there. Um, I watched Three Colors Red twice, and I'm still a little – that didn't didn't sway me. But, yeah, we'll see uh, coming up soon whether the second view of Harry Carey, uh, you know, of my boat.
0: Okay.
2: RJ.
1: Were you talking to me? Yeah. Uh, J- this is just about what I knew about Harry yeah. Carey. Yeah. What, 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 what are you coming in with this? Okay. Literally, the only thing I knew about Harry Carey was that Will Ferrell sketch where he's playing Harry Carey, Harry mm-hmm. Carey, the sports announcer. And uh, as a kid, I always heard of Harry Carey and uh, Seppoku, and I, I always thought they were referring to that Will Ferrell sketch. And I went, I was like, that's not the best SNL sketch I've ever seen. I don't, I don't really. I was like, there's not that much to it. Uh, But that's also because I don't understand feudal Japan, Jarrett, which (laughs) has been pointed out by many people.
2: Critical Uh, element here. Two two, two,
0: two people.
1: (laughs) Two separate people have uh, told me to be educated on feudal Japan, so I'm trying. Uh, But uh, no, I actually the only thing I knew about this was, uh, I think like right before. Was it? Did you watch this just before we started the podcast? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because I think when we were like in early grumblings of uh, like maybe starting the podcast, I remember let's
0: make the biggest mistake of our life and start a podcast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Before we ruined our lives and ruined other people's lives, (laughs) watching the Criterion's
2: one by one
1: in order. Mm -hmm. Before we ruined a bunch of lives, (laughs) we'll we'll say (laughs) because. We can't put a number to it—a bunch of lives. Uh, what happened was, uh, I think I remember we did talk about movies and we talked about Criterion's, and I think you brought up this one, where you were kind of like, "Oh, I just watched Harry Carey," and you're like, "This is what it's about," and I was like, "That sounds cool," and you're like, "Well, if we start a podcast, we'll get to it in about three hundred weeks," and I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "That sounds cool," not knowing the full what that what does that
0: mean <laughs> of
1: what I took on. Yeah. So uh no I, I, I had known I had known about it a little bit, mostly what? from <laughs> year high praise of it, but that that's it really. So I this was a first for yeah. me. First time watching. Yeah. I didn't after I knew that you liked it and once we started, I was like, I'll get to it eventually. So I never yeah. looked into it past that.
0: Yeah, that that, yeah. that three hundred weeks is like, well, you know, there's gonna be some peppy Lamocos along the way.
1: There's some Pepe Lamoco's in there. There's some Gertrude's in there. There's uh, all sorts of things. I'm
0: Le just million. waiting for the
1: Gertrude boys to come after us. Le Million. Mm. That's the French. Uh, that's what, how we right. do it up here. But
2: well, Henry V is considered uh, an essential art house classic on the Criterion channel. There you go. There's all sorts of
1: art house classics on the Criterion. Uh, uh, Henry, Henry,
0: Henry V is like anything but art house. It's like, uh, it's so, it's just, it's such a movie. It's just such a movie in the worst just ways possible. And, and He's a, just walking
1: around.
3: The
0: hey, pl- hey RJ, the play's the thing. You, you get to hear me? Huh? Is it? Is it? Uh, okay. So, so this movie, Harry, 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 Kitty. it opens up with this anonymous Japanese narration reportage over, like, mm-hmm. what that sets the tone, like, in such a, like, cold, calculated way, because you're just kind of like, anything can happen, because you don't know who's telling you this, it's just like, here's a story from the Annals of Time, and uh, it's like, I don't know, anything can happen. It's one of those weird little subtle touches where um, other movies deploy it. But when I was like paying mm-hmm. attention to it here, it really sets the tone that this movie is going to be taking you to some dark places because the, after the narration it ex- kind of explains what's about to happen in the sense of like this character is approaching this house and this is where we're going to take, we're going to leave things and just tell the story from that on. You get the like kind of opening credits where you get this like stringy acoustic twanging sound from like the score. Um, and it just, like, sets you on edge immediately because it's, like, this very discordant, and there's all these shots. It's a showcase of, like, the the building the, of the, um, uh, the estate, I guess, uh, that we're going to be spending a lot of time in, and it's completely without people in these establishing shots. The camera's just roving around, and the titles are coming up in this, like, on, 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 and you're just like uh what is this <laughs> like what this 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 uh is kind of stressing me out a little bit like what what kind of what kind of movie is this harry Curry all about because i know what harry Curry is <laughs> uh, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's like what, what's what's going to happen here and so it just but it establishes the location pretty well so you have a pretty good sense of where your action is going to be housed for your the next you know two hours and 15 minutes I think this movie is um and then you have this also this suit of samurai armor that is just housed, and it looks like I mean I think is it Rand Kazamusha? like I think we talked I think we talked about RJ when we talked about Kazamusha, where like Mm. the the artwork the poster for Kazamusha, kind of like spooked me out as a kid you you're like, Oh yeah. Who is, like, what is this? Like it's this horror movie yeah. thing. This like gigantic monster man in this like crazy armor. Like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be intimidating armor. And here it's like, Oh no, it's that spooky samurai armor that like, it's it's the, like it's, devil horns. Yeah. And like, like those mm-hmm. weird, like the weird, like little like uh, mustaches that they have. They think uh-huh. of course, if they add to the armor and you're just like, what's this all about? <laughs> who's who's that guy? <laughs> Where's the the, where, is this, is this the warlord?
1: Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and that's all. That was all Kurosawa's art, right? What? What's that? That was all Kurosawa's art, right? In Kegomusha? Uh. Yes. He painted that stuff, didn't he? Uh. Am I, I misremembering? I, I can't. Re- I can't remember. It's.
0: It's. It's getting late. Uh, uh, I. I'm not sure. Kagemusha yeah, well, was a well, lifetime let's, ago. Let's march right along. <laughs> let's march right along, R.J. Yeah. Um. Nice. So. This is a movie that's set in a period of time where life is so shitty um, that people are just going around threatening to kill themselves uh, <laughs> on people's doorsteps to get get to get a payoff or get a job. Has have mm-hmm. now has life changed that much? Or <laughs> sometimes, some, you some, sometimes you wonder like, have we really come that far? <laughs> So the, the 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 gimmick here the 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 situation we find ourselves which is something like out of like a lone wolf and cub manga is mm-hmm. uh there's like there's just ronin just all across the countryside who are looking for a paycheck uh looking for their next meal they have fallen there's no wars going on um they're they're they're, they're looking for either honor or like a nice bowl of rice and damn it like they just can't go on anymore. So one guy, at some point in time, he stopped by a Lord's house and said, I, I, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I mean, I feel like I've just dishonored myself. So the only way I can really shortcut myself back to some honor is by just committing some, uh a little bit of that Harry Kiri here right in front right in your garden. And because I respect your house so much, I want to kill myself here. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that's all I'm asking. And moved by such like, commitment to the to the the craft of samuraiing. They're like, hey, forget about that. Put that sword away. You get to work in the back of the house here. You'll you'll come join us. You'll be like a personal guard. You'll be taking care of you. And it's like, wow, that's incredible. But the story gets around and suddenly everybody's like, Well, i I can do that too. I can like threaten to kill myself at somebody's house and uh and maybe get a payday out of it. And of course, so now this is apparently a issue, a social issue. And all these lords are like, "Oh, yve! <laughs> we got all these guys that are showing up trying to kill themselves. And uh, some of them don't even don't they, don't they don't even mean it. They're just trying to take advantage of me, the old humble lord who like enslaves serfs all day long and they're trying to take me for a ride. No, no, no. And so either you, either you get a job or they, they, they give you a big pile of – they give you some money to, like, walk away. And the guy's like, sweet. I just want to keep up this, this uh, con, um, which is mm-hmm. how it's kind of, like, just explained by the, the house. And so uh, the movie picks up with our protagonist, uh, Hanshiro Sugumo, who shows up. He is, you know, just beat up, piece of meat disheveled stubbly wearing just rags of robes and he's come here uh to to end his life and of course this is where this is explained it's like oh not another one and this is like the tone of this is just like good god (laughs) like this is horrifying and like there's people just like going around killing themselves like it's absurd um and like the guy's like well we got to do something about this so he's brought in for an interview essentially, uh, with the, the counselor of this particular estate who regales him with a story. And he's like, well, have you heard the story of a man named Matome Chijuwa? And he's like, oh, no, I haven't. Tell me more. And so he tells him the story of a couple months earlier where a, a young man showed up with the exact same story. And, uh, of course, this is where they go through. The, there was a, a great debate about like what to do with this guy. He's just looking for a handout, and then they decide, hey, we're going to call his bluff. If he wants to kill himself; let him kill himself. And which mm-hmm. is, of course, like, oh well, I don't want to do that. And uh, you, you, so this is all told in flashback, and the story starts like you start realizing that the audience starts cluing in on where this is going. And like the real horror of it really starts sinking in. is like these little details pop up where in the flashbacks, you're like, there's some of the, I don't know, the, the estate henchmen, they're like, B- bending the sword. And you're like, what the hell are they doing? And you're like, well, it's a bamboo sword. What kind of, you know, serious samurai walks up here saying he's going to kill himself with a bamboo sword. This guy was, <laughs> this guy's a piece of garbage. We're going to teach him a lesson though. We're going to make him kill himself. And you think you're like, well, how bad could it really get? Like, where, where are we going with this? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to, they're going to make him do it. And uh, he's going to use that bamboo sword of his. To really uh really prove their point and it's like good God <laughs> and this movie doesn't really pull punches for like 1962 uh mm-hmm. you, so we we get a depiction via flashback of a man disemboweling himself with a bamboo samurai sword and uh it's in there yeah we've all been there am I right boys so mm-hmm. uh yeah we get that And it's just like, oh, uh, I think about ECW chants from old wrestling of that's hardcore. That's hardcore because that that it is and uh, of course you've got your second who stands behind you who's going to force you to do what they're asking you to do which is cut yourself open with a piece of bamboo and then they and then once you once you've done a thorough enough job of really dragging it across your abdomen and letting your gut spill up then they'll put you out of your misery at long last because there are good people like that very fair Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Well, to put insult on injury here, I mean, he really can't even cut himself with a bamboo. He really has to like kind of throw himself, himself on top of it, yeah, in order to get it to penetrate his skin.
0: So. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it's some surprise cringe cinema, I think. Like, or it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, like because you, if you, you empathize with this, and you're just like, oh my god, because if you really see this guy, because he want the one thing he wants to do is before he's being forced to do this, is to leave so he can like do something and come back and he will do it. And I have no reason not to believe disbelieve that he would actually have done what he was saying he was going to do. But he wanted to say Mm -hmm. goodbye to somebody or do something. We don't know what that is at the time. But they're just like, no, no, no. You're just going to run away. So uh, there's no reason, if you're here to really kill yourself, uh, you're either going to kill yourself or we're going to hack you down to pieces. And the guy decides, like, his commitment, his commitment to the gimmick is like, oh, I'm, I guess I have to do this, and <laughs> it's, uh, it's horrifying. So the story is finished being told, and uh, Sugomo is like, oh, oh, I see. Well, I mean, like, does this deter you in any way? It's like, no, I am here to end my life, and uh, that's all well and good, but like, we're we're going to do this, and it's like, okay, that's the first half hour of the movie. And then so the next like essentially two hours uh, are set in this this courtyard this like amongst this like kind of rock garden um, and we get the rest of the story uh told in kind of an extended flashback going back and forth and in an exchange between the counselor and uh, Sugomo of what has brought Sugoma to this point um, and it basically he reveals well actually I do know who uh, Chikagawa was and you're like oh okay and you're like okay of course he does and you start realizing like ah the good old days where like everything was like ah when, when my lord was riding high and I was like a warrior and we had our own property and I was practicing archery with my good friend my friend uh, <laughs> with his uh, is it his daughter and his or his son and he's got his daughter and they're called they're gonna they're gonna we're all working for the lord everything's swell what's the worst that could happen it's like well hard times come upon all of us and um, we try to jump ahead to like when everyone's a little bit more downtrodden and a little bit more humbled uh, years start to pass young young man Ch- chigawa and his daughter they're all age up but like now uh, this this you know warrior is kind of like well i'm making umbrellas now for a living and uh, there's one one way out of this that's presented to me is well i could you know basically use my daughter as bargaining chip uh, as a piece of uh, livestock and be like, well, I'm going to trade her to another Lord who will take her on, marry her, treat her right. And then I will have access to social capital in my life and like maybe get out of this situation. But he's like, no, my daughter will just wind up becoming a concubine and she'll just like, that's like, not the life for her. And he's like, well, is that, are you sure that's not what she wants though? Is Wouldn't she be happy to do that for her father? And you're just like, oh man, this stuff's so mm. grim. So instead he's like nah, I'm not that kind of guy. He's a he's a modern guy. A, a 20th century man with her values, not this this back when we were just like, yeah, my daughter, she's, she's just a, a a piece of like a like a you know, a playing chip that I'm like I'm going to advance my life. So he uh instead has her marry um the the son of his friend who killed himself when everything went uh, crashing down. And when he would have might have killed himself when everything came crashing down, he was made a promise like, hey, you got to take make sure you keep care of my uh my son in all this deal. So he's like, well, I, I got to keep this up. So you're like, this movie just starts layering on the shit on this guy about honor and doing the right thing. And it's like this movie does not relent. It's like layer upon layer of like life choices and like compromise and like putting on the weight of like why he's there to kill himself now in the estate is because well he he has to he has to make uh good i guess on the thing that he's let his friend's son die uh horribly <laughs> and uh, he's like he's gonna put himself on the line but he's also gonna get a little bit of revenge which uh, is always something that I'm all aboard in my movies Mm -hmm. Uh, it's one of my little favorite things uh, be it in westerns spaghetti westerns and I mean if you're talking about it it's like uh, why not throw it in samurai movies too so this movie is like low 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 key samurai movie that comes up more toward the end Um, any comments as I'm hoarding this talking time so much
1: (laughs) Not for me, but uh, JP might have some.
2: Uh, yeah, sure. I guess I could interject some stuff. Um, so yeah, the first time I watched this, um, I found the, the it's it. This is definitely a slow burn, um, which I had kind of brought up last week. Um, where it really kind of dishes out each one of these details and kind of kind of melodramatic, um, agonizing detail. Um, and this time, I definitely felt more engaged with what was going on, just because this is a very extremely talking movie, so a lot, a lot, a lot of subtitles getting thrown at you, so knowing the story ahead of time definitely got me more engaged, but then that second half of it really hits, and yeah, the the, the melodrama really piles on and piles on, and while I was definitely more empathetic this time, um, I'm probably going to cause you guys to get a bunch of shit on the um, you know the commenters here but it, there's some there's some stuff that I have some reservations with on this one and this movie is like this huge test in like what human empathy is and like at first like you're definitely kind of with the, the shady samurais where they're like yeah you know this guy comes saying he's going to be you know commit this ultimate sacrifice of killing yourself Harry Carry. Um, you know, let's see it. Let's see him do it. And then the movie spends the next, what, hour and a half or hour and 15 minutes or hour and 45 minutes really piling on the fact that, you know, you really, really, really should feel sorry for this the, the, this family that got shit on here. But um, even though they themselves admit that, you know, you know, going to put yourself out there in front of a, a house with honor or whatever, um, you know as the ultimate sacrifice, you know, that's, that's kind of a crummy way to do things, but they really had no other choice, right. which they, um, they really pile, they pile on to the rafters essentially. <laughs> well, um, like, yeah. Cause they exist essentially in like this, like crippling
0: poverty, which I mean, the movie doesn't ad- directly address it but like hmm it's like where is all this money and wealth going <laughs> there's not enough to go around and uh these people are presented it's like oh our we're living in coming in dregs but we got our honor that we're kind of uh, allowed to live on and uh then the when they're kind of like saying oh there's these people going around and they're like saying they're going to like kill themselves at people's houses which is like ridiculous if you think about it like people are that hard up that they're like, well, this is this is how I have to make a living. <laughs> it's like I have to like go place to place and say, I'm going to kill myself here unless you pay me off. It's 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 crazy um, and. You then here they're like, well, the, the one guy, his last desperate move for his like child, who's like has this fever, because they can't afford the doctor, uh-huh. they can't afford the medicine. I don't know. It's, it's, it's part of it. This reminds me when you said melodrama, because I think about like one of my uh, one of my other favorite directors is uh, Lars von Trier when he's like at his best, because he kind of works the same way, where he just layers things on in such a way, and like he presents like people and their cruelest, and uh-huh. uh, like in just kind of this. Uh, darkness that, like, kind of permeates things. Like, his, his, he makes his movies often from a place of depression. And I feel like Harry Curie is, like, definitely seated in the same um, mind space, I guess, tonally, as, like, that type of movie, which is, like, why, like, th- this movie clicks In with a me subtle Japanese so yeah. way, yeah, I can
2: definitely <laughs> yeah. dig what you're saying there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, so as the story is being told, like as uh, uh, Sugoma is like going through like, oh, here's like how we got to this point. There's a thing where it's like, he's kind of like buying time, uh, it, it seems, where he's like, oh, well, I want to have a proper second who really knows how to cut my head off when I do this. It's like, we're, uh, we're, we're, where's the where's the where's the guy who does it? Who's like, where's this guy at? And they're like, oh, he called in sick today. Well, go <laughs> go go get him, and he runs off, and then he runs back. Oh no, he's he's really sick. All of a sudden, oh, he was fine yesterday, and uh, they're mm-hmm. like, well, what a, what about this other guy? And it's like, it's he's Columboing, <laughs> um, uh, I guess, and it's like drawing it out. And he's like, well, go check on him. Oh, that's weird. He's sick too. And it's like, oh, what about number three? And suddenly they realize there's something amiss here. There's something else <laughs> going on. <laughs> so the one thing I like about this, so there's like this thing that I noticed in a lot of uh, these like kind of period piece Japanese movies where there's this affectation, I think in their uh, acting theatrical uh, tradition of like these drawn out oh, oh, and, but this movie leans into it because there's an intention to it. It's not just kind of like, mm-hmm. there's not this mm-hmm. like, obvious, like, consideration thing where it's just like, oh, they're just doing this because this is the style. It's like, no, there's a reason, though, because it's adding to this, like, irony the dramatic irony of the whole scenario of oh like, for sure right <laughs> so like, i think it's so it's really uh well done like it, it serves a purpose i think here better than some movies where you should, sometimes you're watching it you almost like chuckle at like the stereotype of like oh mm. and this is like everyone's thinking and it actually is you're like oh they're actually thinking about their responses and but they're also there's that like that mask of civility that like they're wearing which mm-hmm. like leads itself to like these like moments of just like absolute like pouring the salt in the wounds so I mean to kind of like jump ahead a little bit so the story continues being told of like the family so he gets his son or gets his daughter to marry the son of his friend they have a family he's going to be like a teacher everything's going to be great uh but it isn't they just get poorer and poorer and everything gets more and more run down uh the child's getting sicker uh desperate times desperate measures. Uh, uh, he has to go off, and pr- I, I, I got one last gambit. I want to make some money here because I heard this might work. And it, he never, he, he doesn't make it home alive ever again because you find out how um, Sugomo found out that his son-in-law, who he's supposed to like protect and watch over, uh, has met his end because these three guys show up with the body, the decapitated body of uh, of his son-in-law, and he's like, oh hey, here he is. And they tell him the story. They tell him how he got there. And how, oh, he's mm-hmm. very honorable how he did this. Oh, here's the sword that he used. And, like, all these things. Like, we all know about it. But you're like, you're like oh, my God. These guys deserve to die so bad. <laughs> like, so yeah. the one thing that I was I'm thinking about a lot with this movie. And, like, when you're talking about slow burns. And I was, like, thinking about the pacing in this and the situation and the revenge. It's like, this is, like, I don't know. I, I feel a lot of Tarantino vibes watching this movie. Um hmm. Like it's just like the way that like he often draws out these conversations where there's like violence at the end of it. The the scene of like these three men hovering over this like gr- grieving widow, grieving father-in-law, dying child in the back, the wideness of the angles in these spaces. And it's just setting this up and there's this like very deliberate dialogue. It's not obviously styl- stylized uh, and it's not like this like love letter to cinema kind of thing that Tarantino would do. This movie is just like we're just telling the story. There's no, like, mm-hmm. there's no flourish to it. This is just a raw tale of, like, getting you on the same page of just, like, how horrifying these exchanges of, um, I don't know, <sighs> power. Like, how power doesn't, like, people in power have, like, the way to do something positive or change something. And they decide, like, oh, what what is this? You're trying to take advantage of me. <laughs> and then they make, and they punish you because they can. And uh, that's kind of what this leads to, where finally when it kind of keeps building and suddenly the story ends and he's like, the the promise he made was like, hey, I'm going to kill myself at the end of this. Don't you worry. Uh, But you're going to finish listening to the end of my story even though, uh, you know, I must have ulterior motives. And so they hear the whole story out. And at the end of it, he's like, I've heard enough of your ramblings. I'm done with this conversation. We're going to kill you um, if you don't do it yourself. And he's like, oh, well, you know, funny thing. I got, because one, one last thing, Columbo style. One last thing. Yeah. Out of his kimono, he pulls some some top knots, which like, I don't know, if you read, if you've watched enough samurai movies, read some samurai comics, you know, it's like, oh boy. This guy, this this guy, uh, he's he's done the one thing. So the reason why this is important is because his proposition in this is that the honor that these guys say that they're like they, they only did it out of honor because they had to uphold the house, they had to uphold the samurai code, and this guy was trying to bullshit and like know grift them and he's like no no we made a point because we believe in honor in this house that's what we're all about here and he's like no 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 you're not and they're going like, oh, yes we are oh yeah oh yeah well here you go here's this here's the top nuts of your guys who all called in sick today and uh instead of doing the honorable thing which would be uh, also gutting themselves uh they're all pretending and they're going to hide out for the next i don't know three months until their hair grows back <laughs> i don't know how that plan's going to work out but and then they realize they, this guy's just exposed us and it's like mm, mm mm and then we get a wonderful explosion of 1962 black and white violence where there's no none of that red oh, yeah. none of that red stuff but lots of like inky black explosions of blood pouring out of people cuz you can get away with it because it's like well it's not blood it's just, it's so stylized and um, you get like <laughs> blades across the scar like across the forehead and it just comes pouring down the face as a man no sells it um, we get like kind of like a, a stylized also kind of realistic sword fight where people are very afraid of actually engaging in sword fights. Um, just before that, we also get a kind of a condensed like uh, flashback of the sword fights themselves, which are like the one is like hilarious of a man, like walking around in an empty courtyard being followed. And there's like nobody around. <laughs> um, and then you get jumped to the next one where it's like a very truncated like battle. Uh, with a man, like it's like kind of like more of the struggle of like picking off that top knot at the very end. And then you get to like the more dramatic drawn out big fight, you know, like on a windy day out in a uh, grassy field, even though the guy gets a drop on him. And I don't know. I, I kept thinking about Michael Madsen and like kill bill and the way that he shows up. The, the bot, the bad guy in this is like, is this could be a, like a David Carradine like figure, um, these monologues that they are all delivering all the time. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, the movie reaches its conclusion. Um, the 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 bad guys maybe don't get their comeuppance. Uh, the kind, the, the worst do, but one man's left alone because that's what happens when you're uh, rich and powerful enough. Uh, the man, uh, one man, lives to his word and uh, commits Harry Carey, um, and. Uh, there's this like this like this thing about like well you know you can erase the past you can just like pretend that this never happened and like everything's on the up and up it was like almost all for nothing it was just this minor little story in the end of things you have this like montage of like the camera pouring over the violence and i was like man this is like travis bickle stuff this is uh travis this is this is totally taxi driver like the panning mm-hmm. over of this like big like final like onslaught uh of a man rolling through and killing people and you know dying or driving a cab at the end in a coma, whatever you ought to think about Taxi Driver. Uh, and then you're left with this final image, though, of this empty suit of armor, this uh, this you know message about like this the hollowness of this samurai code. Mm. Um, so anyway, yeah, this movie holds up for me. Uh, I think this movie is awesome. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. My, my, I have nothing to say but my enthusiasm, and people should definitely watch this movie. It is on the Criterion channel. So... Uh, I don't know who wants to talk first if uh Justin is has warmed to this movie slightly, or uh, what RJ thinks who's uh, new completely to the
1: movie. Uh I'll I'll wait for a couple weeks to tell you how I feel. So let's let JP get in there. Really mock All right.
2: about. All right. So um I really appreciate your um you really laying it out there, Jarrett, with um you know How emotional it does make you feel about, you know, what goes through in this movie and, you know, how that that affects you. Um, This movie definitely plays up the humanist element, I would say. And, oh, my gosh, the Criterion fans love that to death, this um, subtle humanism in these movies. um, Where, as I'm more about a lot of the cool scenes and the ass-kicking, to be honest with you... um, which mm-hmm. kind of goes against the whole theme of the movie about how it is about this badass samurai um, facade, which they say is ultimately hollow. Um, it was interesting how you were talking about like how these guys that he offic- essentially defeated, um, you know, were just kind of like saying they're sick at home instead of, you know, committing Harry Caray themselves. i never really considered that as much. So that's an interesting thing to um, kind of think about now. Yeah, I'm really curious to see kind of where R.J. falls on this, because um, I'm, I'm I'm quite torn because it is a real slow burn where it's just like you find out something and then you hear about it again and you hear about it again and you hear about it again to really pile on that that empathy. Um, I mean, no denying the last half hour of this movie is completely badass and I really love the style of it. But the fact that. It's weird because generally I like movies where it is very over the top with how it's presenting things. But at the same time, it almost the melodrama there kind of it kind of it's just a lot. So um, so things get a little bit over over spun. Um, but yeah, give me some reprieve, RJ, of what your thoughts are.
1: You want to um, hear what I think? <clears throat> All right. What a, what a rare treat, uh, every every week uh, on
0: Thursday morning.
1: But, uh, wow. I mean, you know, um, all right. So I think the samurai stuff for us is, uh, it's usually, um, 50, 50, right? Like there's half the samurai stuff. We, we've been real on board with half of the samurai stuff. We're like, eh, whatever. Um, so I, I knew going into this one that, uh, J dog, uh, was a fan, but, uh, as most people know, that all that does is make the movie even it's – it's got to climb even more hurdles to impress me because uh, impressing old uh, J-Bones over here is uh, that they already strike one against your movie. Um, do, do you sit but, back with your arms across your chest and
0: go, hmm?
3: So you think, well, so, so you think
0: you're a good movie, huh?
1: Say, so, well, I guess we'll have to find out. I uh, I really do a lot of inner monologue in like uh, our lead man here, where
3: whenever they're like,
1: I go, hmm. well, uh. yeah, I made a lot of guttural sounds watching this thing. But um, so he's actually uh, this was a rare thing for me. Uh, I knew I knew it was a good show. And I, um, as people know, I, I like to sleep more than anything. Uh, but uh, I was one of the nights I was with a- uh, Andy and she went to bed. It was like 930 or something like that. And I was like, well, I was like, I only really want to stay up for like maybe an hour. And I was like, well, this movie's like almost two and a half hours long. I better I better just watch an hour of it and then finish it up tomorrow. But Jarrett, mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing. <laughs>
0: which is can, can, can you believe you ate the whole thing
1: i can't believe i ate the whole thing that that's my uh high school uh, graduation quote just like homer um <laughs> but uh for the people who uh listen they probably uh, know what that means uh for me it's um uh, i enjoyed this a lot um so i thought it was really really well done uh to the point where it's like yes i actually sacrificed some precious hours of sleep and by precious hours I mean like at least 40 to 50 minutes that I've been sleeping to finish this out where like even I think uh, like I can't remember like midnight or something Andrew was like where are you and I was just like I'm watching the movie man I was like it's good I was like I'm just gonna finish it out it's almost there um but no yeah I uh I really enjoyed this thing uh I I like there's a lot of the setup to it that I like i like the story inside of a story thing i like the kind of big grand like this is this is what happened and like it starts out and it's like this isn't a happy story but this is the story are you here for the here for the ride let us have it tell us the story and it goes all right well you asked for this and that's kind of like the movie in general where it's like um You're told it's something bad but it's but then it's like do you want this and then people go yeah we want it it's like okay um and i think it works really well on both sides where uh, i i actually think there's a really good kind of um balance between this samurai house and the horrible thing that they did collectively as a group and then this guy who comes in and kind of like showing them where, where their opinions their perspective of this is and where it actually is where it's like no you it's kind of like no you are the bad guys of this story because of these things that you do um and i, I really like that a lot we're kind of like what jared was saying where his whole thing is just like he's like you guys say you're this big noble house but you did this thing which you shouldn't have done Because basically you were annoyed that this guy was here. And they did it with the intent
0: of being like, hey, we're the place that put an end to this bullshit. Like they they were like, there was a pride in it. And then they wanted everybody to know what they did.
1: Yes. And like, and that's the thing too, where it's like, it's not just one thing. It was like, that's how it's, it's like, number one, you just did this where it's like the right thing. The honorable thing would have been to just let this guy go uh without like anything and then it was like two is like you flaunted it not just to like whoever but it's like you came to the family's house and you flaunted it and mm-hmm. it's like none of what you guys are doing is what's like in line with what you say that you represent so i i kind of like that uh and then his third point is like and he's like you even having me here right now is again a bad thing to that so i really kind of like the uh like as you put the slow burn, the long haul uh, aspect of this where it plays out and like when you watch it like you, you do like th- I think Formula has been copied so much where watching it, and you're like, well, obviously there's more to it than that. And you're like, yeah, that's fine you assume that they're connected somehow uh but uh, i do think that the payoff to it is actually worth it where you're kind of like i do think that they know each other but then the way that like the way he kind of unfolds it i i think is really really well done where um not just like in terms of his character but like just in the movie in general like it is um it's it's like it hits all the right ticks i think at all the right times where there's not like too much at one point or not enough at one point it's just like a little bit here and then it goes on a little bit and then another little bit here where i can see some people thinking it takes too long to get there but i actually i really liked that um what else was i gonna say so like just in terms of big themes uh i think that's awesome i i really uh i'm really on board with that i think the movie looks great i think it's well acted the only thing that i I was a little bit bummed out at was that Tashiro Mufune wasn't in this and <laughs> I, was, I just assumed he would be.
0: <laughs> I you know, I was gonna say I'm like or, or, was anyone disappointed me. that Tashiro Mufune wasn't in this? Because you know what? I'm okay with that. Yes. I'm, I mean I, know, I was.
1: <laughs> I mean I think it's I, I think it's a great movie aside, but uh, uh like so the guy who's the lead, he does a great job, but the whole time I was like This well, was Toshiro Mufune. Oh you know. I just wonder. Uh, but you know, they, they all do, they all do great. Um, I think, I think like the initial story with the kid with the, like the bamboo samurai, uh, I think that is like in itself, like a pretty, pretty great, like like, a piece of like short story storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that's horrific itself. And it's just like, wow, what a powerful, like story and then for it to just kind of be this thing that props up the the second piece uh i liked a ton um but yeah there's a a a, like a ton of great dialogue in this too which i think is the the real champion of this thing is it's just got sharp dialogue where people are just talking about these kind of philosophical moral things and and like it makes sense it doesn't seem uh it doesn't seem like uh too heavy handed where we always talk about like how people write stuff now. And it's just so overtly like and, in your face. And I, I
0: kind of love how polite even in his like, obviously yes. like he knows what is going to happen because he has to say, like, yeah. Hey, I'm just here to be like, you know, maybe if you admitted uh, that you've made a mistake, that's possible that you might've gone a little further than you needed to. If you could at least admit that yeah. when I kill myself, I can go on to see my son-in-law and be like, Hey, they feel like they might have gone overboard and they're just like yes. no nah, nah, fuck you and he's like well i i knew you were going to say that <laughs> like and uh yeah that's why i have uh i've pre- here's some uh here's some top knots <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah and that and that's what i mean i think it's so like it's very well done in that sense where like they're building and building into this and uh he knows where they're gonna go and he just kind of like he validates his his whole purpose of yeah. being there he's just like i knew you were gonna do this seems like and if you didn't I would have just went along mm. with it and it would have been fine he's like but you forced my hand it's his thing yeah
2: there's a real interesting political context here to where like you have a lot more conservative people they'll judge somebody that's sitting on the side of the street you know mm-hmm. begging for money and they don't take into account what got them there they just right. assume that hey you didn't do this you didn't do that like I did in order to set you up for success And so it's an interesting question of, you know, you know, why didn't you do the right thing compared to what you actually went through? So and what this movie does a really good job at is really bringing you through the ringer of what brought this person to this point to finally say, you know, I have to fake this, um, you know, wanting to kill myself in order to get this hand out, which, you know, it kind of, it, it's an interesting um, thing to, to to chew up a little bit. Cause I mean, at first hand, you know, I'm kind of on board with the, with the clan saying like, Hey, you know, what's he doing here? You know, bearing false witness, essentially, you know, doing this, but then, I mean, it really does hammer um, bring you through his whole, um, you know, story of what brought him here, I mean. There's that, you know, lovely scene of um, him picking up his grandson and, you know, playing with him. And then you get the agony of seeing not only his daughter get sick, but then the kid gets sick and the, they both end up dying. So it really, really piles it on there. Um, there's. Let's see here. I guess I wanted to say that the fact that, you know, the fact that I like when it, when it comes to these samurai movies, like I do love like the badassness. But I guess mm-hmm. what um, his, the director's name is Kobayashi, right? Yep. He's really a humanist filmmaker to where he's, his underlying theme here is like, you know, what it doesn't matter these swords and this armor, people are what matter. And so it's an interesting thing coming into this as a movie lover, wanting to see the badass stuff, but being told that doesn't matter. People are what matter. So that's an interesting thing to kind of kind of squish around in your mouth as you're taking in this, you know, badass samurai movie.
0: Well, because I imagine that I'm not sure what the because, you know, I don't do research what the uh, movie landscape was like in japan where like how many like samurai movies were coming out at the time and like this would be i mean this is the equivalent of a period picture right um Mm -hmm. where it's just like oh this is just a depiction of you know feudal japan in like one of the various like dynasties and instead of like i guess like a lot of the stuff that we're just accustomed to are the like the samurai excitement genre movies and so this is kind of like okay Mm -hmm. well here's that and then this is like kind of like oh hey let's do let's do more with that trope of like Mm -hmm. and, and then they find this like Horrific, like I'm not sure if this is based on like a an account in history uh-huh. of like this, and then just drawing mm. on that and being like, hey, here's like a horrifying tale from like the past, and about like that might be relevant to contemporary life uh, that happened to be like you know, then people get gets gets people into the theater because they are maybe going to see like some, sa- some samurai swords. Uh, and it has, it has this yeah. amazing poster. The Harry Curie poster, I think is really, uh, very graphically interesting. Cause it literally is like the cuts, right? It's like across uh-huh. the torso mm-hmm. and down the chest. And you're like, Oh, that's someone's stomach and it's red. Oh dear. <laughs> and you're like, what is this Harry Curie? It's like, this sounds like it's going to be like a, a gore fest. Like, what is this? Cause it sounds mysterious, uh, from like a, for- like a being like, you know, a foreigner from Japan. Um, Sure. Or not, not of japan so it's like what is this mysterious going to movie going to be and then it's like but here's a story of just like of when like this like deal comes with like, this man who's you find out like, oh he was just trying to like feed his family and uh he basically was killed like but even though they're like they made him kill himself and under this pretext mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's totally sadistic because like they're like looking on like excitedly and like like they're like there's no like Oh, maybe this was a bad idea. Like this is horrific. They're just like laughing about it at the end, and that's like when you're like, "Oh man, these guys are gonna die. They just, are, <laughs> they're gonna get it." And then you get the, um, I guess it's like kind of the unforgiven thing. William Money uh, says it's a hell of a thing killing a man. You take away everything he's got and everything he's ever gonna have, which like this is like, I mean, a, a humanist sentiment because it is like what it is. It's like that's it. Uh, death is death, and This is like, yeah, whatever this person was, it didn't matter. It was about proving a point for this, like, concept of honor, whatever that is. And it seems like it's completely arbitrary in the eye of the beholder. And, uh, I mean, it is the absurdity. I mean, like, obviously, like, one of the cliches, I think, that we have with... Japan is like this honor thing and like the samurai mm-hmm. honor code. If like you watch these movies, it comes up over and over and over again. You're like, wait a minute, this guy just did this one thing. He's like, oh, well, the only way to get back my honor is to kill myself. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, uh, wait, wait a minute, slow your roll. I think there's other, there's other things you could do, but that's not our, that's a different worldview altogether. And so this movie is just exploring that idea of like uh, applying this, you know, 20th century perspective onto this like harsh, worldview that just seems like well this seems like this should be obvious like this should, to us it's just mm-hmm. like this is like well why why does it have to be this way maybe we should question all of mm-hmm. these systems that we take for granted i don't know
2: and it would be so fascinating to get more of a perspective into this whole um culture of you know honorably killing yourself i mean this wasn't only in the samurai days i mean you had the kamikaze pilots in world war ii doing the same kind of stuff
0: yeah, I mean, that's kind of like that when they were embracing this warrior code, right? But for, like, kind of nationalistic purposes. And, like, this became, uh-huh. like, this honor. Like, it was like we wanted to embolden this. I mean, that's like the Saijin the Suzuki movies uh, we were watching, like, fighting... Uh, elegy which is like what like these camps where they are indoctrinating uh like young soldiers into these ideas that like you have to die for the emperor and it's just like uh-huh. and it's like the same it played and out shamon all... touches on that too which oh is, yeah. yeah pretty interesting oh yeah hundred percent right like that's like patriotism which is like about like fetishizing uh killing yourself for an ideal uh and i mean it's yeah it's it's is one that of those not things good I don't know. Is it I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh neither here I nor mean, there at the end that. of the day.
2: Like um yeah, it's Kobayashi definitely intrigues me as a as a director. Like I haven't seen Samurai Rebellion or mm-hmm. Human Condition, but I'm really fascinated to dive into those works. Um yeah. from a stylistic um, point of view this really is very very lush. Um I mean the zooms really um crank up some of the um the the draw the drama going on there, especially the what what what's the term whenever the audience knows what's going on, but they don't know it's what ironic drama uh, or tra- um, dramatic irony, dramatic irony. So I think, you. yeah, <laughs> what are of um, metaphors? metaphor is <laughs>
3: there you go. uh
2: the dutch angles you know really emphasize certain moments um and the cool battle sequence where they're following them through the graveyard is just freaking iconic looking and then the wind rushing through the grass um and then you don't even actually get to see any like anybody die in these these yeah. these showdowns like and a lot of these samurai movies like i just got done watching samurai trilogy i mean it's really all about them like staring at each other for like you know a few minutes and then you know the one strike and somebody's dead yep but actually there was actually in a moment in Harry Carey where there was actually a little bit of dueling back and forth before before they cut away and um you know that the one guy lost so um yeah some interesting um going against i guess the norms of the genre there
1: right mm-hmm.
0: uh oh hey RG Arj- i also yeah
1: oh
0: sorry go go on
1: i was just to say i really like uh the uh the one strike thing of sword fighting because it's like you said there's some real sword fighting in this where it's like people are a little bit like they don't want to jump in because it's like because that's what i I think a common complaint people have it's like well there's so many people why don't you just jump in it's like because if you're like a little slow you just get cut in half like you gotta be careful when you're sword fighting jared you can't just be (laughs) jumping in there here and there you know i also like that
0: there's that bit where um uh to go me, uh, he has the line where it's like talking about like yeah you know that one guy he said he was like a master of this style. But it's like he only ever learned that in like the in the schoolhouse. He he doesn't come from the school of yes. hard knocks on the out on the battlefield where you have to like where it's for real. And uh you know it's like yep yeah, you can learn all the all that book learning sword fighting and uh practicing when you're like doing it yeah. for for fake. But when it comes to like fighting a man and your life's on the line, and it's like I could have killed him a little faster, but I was trying to get that top knot. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, yeah, it's pretty yeah, good. Speaking I mean, of
2: metaphor, um, mm-hmm. I really like the part at the end where like the, the head of the house is like talking about covering up, you know, exactly what happened here. Yeah. And then at the same time, they're combing the rocks or whatever, yeah. covering up, you know, what so forth. So, um, yeah, pretty great metaphor to and, end it there.
0: And that haunting like mm-hmm. music comes back and it's just like, oh, it's like unsettling because you're just like uh like nothing was resolved but at the same time the story is told because it's just like yeah, yeah. i mean it, 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 the work was the the exposure of this idea was done and that was what it is but a man died and you're just like well that's like that's part of the story i guess is the the the, the sacrifice was for that purpose i was going to say rj um so which Masaaki uh, masaki kobayashi, kobayashi movie do you prefer uh herere or uh Kwaidon?
1: Uh, man, it's hard. It's hard <laughs> to uh, put up two two titans of cinema like that. Are there similarities? similarities? Uh, no, I don't mm. know. They're, they're, they
0: feel so different. Um, and then, yeah, like these well, are entirely different movies. Well, and if you want to see Masaki Kobayashi and uh, Toshirô Mufune, Samurai Rebellion, we'll be talking about it in a month, I think, yeah. or so.
1: Be- Before you move on, you were mentioning about how he did this whole thing just to expose the people, and I just want to say. Finally, someone recognizes that exposure alone is worth the price of admission. See, Jarrett, mm-hmm. we will we will host anyone for exposure. <laughs> exposure, okay. It's about sending a message. Sending a message. But uh, anyways, anyways, we're saying. Well, I
0: was gonna say, uh, I don't. Are either of you aware that there was a remake of this? Uh,
2: not until Oliver Granger mentioned it last week, and t- t- it's t- t- available same. with ads on, IMDb TV. But I did so not get to around to seeing. Th- that's it. A, that's okay. Uh, I
1: watched it on Tubi. Yeah,
2: yeah. So some Takashi yeah, yeah. Mikae. Well, I
1: saw you watch it. I saw you watch it, Jared, And I was like, I don't want to be left out. So I looked it up, and it was on Tubi with ads. So I was like, oh, whatever. So well, I threw that on. It I, was actually not bad quality.
0: I, so I I didn't watch it though, RJ. I watched it five years ago.
3: What?
1: Oh, I think maybe Oliver Granger watched it today then. But I saw that you had watched I it. I have watched so it. I think um, I, I just assumed you watched I, it recently. I did but, not. So I, I watched it today.
0: I didn't. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So I um, yeah. so I had seen it like five years ago. So I saw it a year after I watched the original. And uh, my memory of it, it seems to be echoed by some reviews of it too, is that um, Superficial... Mm-hmm. It, it seems to take, like, all the, like, core ideas of it. But it's like, this is Takashi Miike kind of uh, phoning it in. And it's, like, very, um, o- yeah. it's very okay. And that's about all you can really say about it. But, like, when you compare it, like, it's like, hey, like, you know, in my opinion, one of the great pieces of cinema. I want to make a remake of it. It's just going to be, like, okay. Because it doesn't need, you just watch the original instead. That's what this felt like all yeah. over.
1: Yeah. Superficial is a good way to put it because it is kind of, like, uh, it's shallow. Where uh, they they it's mostly the same, but they change a few things, and you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like the one thing I noted was, um, like when they, it doesn't there's no time for things to breathe. Like they they kind of like move things a lot faster, which I think is the wrong call for this story. And um, the one thing that I thought was kind of weird was. Uh, there's more exposition in this one and I think it's a it's a, to to a fault where uh, when the young guy is like doing the bamboo uh, like carry carry just before he does he's like I just need a day he's like I he's like I left my wife and kid and I gotta go tell them <laughs> and then like so he tells them why he's yeah. there which I think is the first mistake and then they're like nah we're not gonna let you do that and then he's like all right give me three Ryu and uh, or like whatever the currency is, he's like, give me three of those and I'll just be gone, which I think is another major mistake because they're really downplaying the kids like integrity, because in this one, he's like, hey, just give me money and I'll get out of here. Whereas in the actual like the original, he gets caught on his thing, but he's he is still a like a man of honor. So he just does it anyways out of obligation where so I, I was just like, it's very strange that they like. They like almost make him like he, he he like tries to run away at one point and they stop him. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. And I was like, you're really kind of like you're, you're, you're taking away the, the effect when the old guy comes in and fuck shit up. Because like mm-hmm. mm. I, I think they maybe saw it the other way where it's like, oh, look how scared he is. That'll make you feel for him more. And it's like, mm, it's doing the opposite. I was like, cool. I liked it when he was just stonewalling it the so, whole
0: time. So, so I misremembered. I actually watched the remake first in 2013 Mm -hmm. so it's been a bad call uh, it's been a long Mm. time since i've seen it uh but then when i watched the the og version uh you know i i that left an impression so i think i saw someone actually comment on your letterbox review saying hey i watched the original with or the the remake without knowing it was a remake should should i still watch the original will it impact it and i can say (sighs) yeah yeah. it it won't impact it at all especially if it's been a while it's like yeah yeah, yeah. they're, they're just very different one's like a contemporary movie from 2011 um and it makes all the mistakes that a lot of contemporary movies i, I feel make yes. when remaking things They're like well i think this is the best it was like a Browning version
1: yeah no it, it is a hundred percent and that's what i what i said to that guy i was like hell yeah i was like go watch the original because it's better and where it's like seeing this one doesn't change anything like i think the what the original has more is um it is like it's just the melody of it, like the the, the pace of it, like it really—I don't know—it really sucked me in. Whereas this, uh, the Takeshi Miike or the Japanese Rob Zombie version of uh, <laughs> of this movie, it's uh, it was it was basically like watching a Rob Zombie film, where I was like, oh, huh. like you're, there, there was no fuck a doodle doos in this, but uh, I was like, <laughs> there, it was close, <laughs> close. Yeah,
3: there,
1: there, the one thing I did like more in this one the one thing is that they they got a lot of they got a couple cats and there's one nice scene where it's actually like after all the massacre at the end it's snowing which looks beautiful but there's a one scene where it's kind of a wide shot of like the emperor guy's cat or like the house leader his cat's just on one of the pillows just hanging out and nothing bad happens to him he's just a cat hanging out on a pillow and they they leave it there for like five minutes or not five minutes like five seconds and i was like oh what a nice little thing hot cat action hot cat actors that's the one that's the one thing that the remake does better the, the, is, uh, the leg up cats yeah the leg up with the cats so uh just a nice little kitty just kind of hanging out and i was like i was like that's what
2: i'm here for baby definitely yeah. curious to see it um i'm not i i forget if i mentioned it from the og i think one of my favorite moments is the fact that whenever he's drawing out the story and we had this shot from the, the the back of his head and he's like cackling like oh Oh, oh, oh whatever. <laughs> Whenever he's dragging out the story on and on and on. Um, knowing mm-hmm. the story this time, I definitely got more invested with what was going on. I definitely felt more empathetic with, with what was going on. Um, the middle of the movie really kind of slowing down the pacing. It still kind of grinded on me a little bit, but I didn't find it annoying, which was really, um, you know, a step up. I I think the first time I would rate this at least a half a star higher based on this viewing, just because I was more invested with what was going on. But I still think it's a little, it piles it on a little bit high. Um, but I definitely wasn't, I, didn't, I wasn't feeling annoyed this time. I was definitely feeling more empathetic with what was going on. But at the same time, I don't know. It just, it's not the cinematic masterpiece that most people feel. And I, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about.
0: Well, mm. we want to hear from who hates this movie. Yes. I wouldn't
2: be curious what they, they would have to say.
0: Well, let's find out, RJ. Uh we're going to start off with GMM02031 half a star. Why does this shit have to overtake the Godfather cringe movie? This
1: this account has two films logged. Yeah. Harry Currie and The Godfather. And the review huh. for The Godfather just says, yes. Uh,
0: so is is this a thing that like I I didn't I have no I I don't know I just assume that like not a lot of people actually watch uh, Harry Harry Curie but uh, is that, like, is this like the highest rated movie or something on Letterboxd? Is, is is that like a bone contention I, it's in the top
2: ten I think okay I see, I, I I honestly didn't know that I don't it's know stupid high on the IMDb huh. and yeah all the lists mm-hmm. okay
1: yeah. I I didn't know either
0: no I don't know I mean <laughs> I'm a fan would I, I don't know if I would consider it like it doesn't make my top 10 movies personally, but I mean, I think it's like some top shelf stuff. Top uh, 10
1: ever or top 10 criterions?
0: There's some pretty good movies. I, part of it is like rewatch. Like sure. how often would I pop this movie in over? Like, I mean, it wouldn't be beating up me watching like Wes Anderson movies or Videodrome. Like if you're talking about uh-huh. in terms of like, just like that type of movie watching, which like at the end of the day, I'm like, well, I mean, I think this movie is like, uh, Like pretty incredible, personally, but it's not like Mm -hmm. oh, like I I love to watch it. (laughs) Like it's, but it's like oh, it's, but it's a really, it's a really great like piece of movie making. And I'm like, I really, really do uh, think it's like pretty, for what it's going for. uh, For me, it just like it checks those boxes like it just like I think it's like a super successful movie I think it's better than seven samurai easily like I'd watch this over seven samurai all the time uh-huh. um but that's like I mean sure. that's that's me that's my uh, anti here again I mean but I do <laughs> but I do love high and mm-hmm. low
2: so I don't know if I if if you know if I were to call it empathy bait I mean what does that mean well how do you interpret that the movie I mm-hmm.
0: don't know I don't feel like I don't feel empathy I mean it's not like empathy bait as much as like like I don't know, bringing attention to like I don't know. There's there's like revenge, which I think is like more like oh yeah, I I want to mm, see yeah. I want I want to get satisfaction for my uh, my blood thirst <laughs> that and my my frustrations with the world, and I get to watch it in this movie, which is like a. Uh, historical depiction of like right like you know i want to see like uh, rights being wronged and we get that but at the end of the day what what takes it above like aha uh-huh, the good guys walk away and everything lives happily ever after it's like no everyone like people still die the bad guys still walk away and they still have their kingdom like there, there's no like there's no there's a lack of there's a Come lack up of, there, there's a la- yeah there's no comeuppance right at the end of it but there is there's kind of like a a moral victory but at the same time it'll be mm. erased but like you as an audience watching it like so if you wanted to think about this like if this was happened it, it, as it just depicted is a historical thing that we're watching like a documentary and you get to watch it like 100 years later you get to enjoy this story enjoy it um, mm-hmm. and you get to see like it play out and you're like well, this guy tried to cover they, they try to destroy the story or cover it up and we still get to see the story play out and like there's no covering up the truth but they don't go down that road it's just kind of like oh it leaves you kind of with this like kind of a hollowness that I think rings true rather than like a mock like melodramatic ending where it's like everything works out okay it's kind of like no it robs you of that it kind of cheats you of that mm-hmm. but you, but it does get it does itch the, the it does itch the scratch or it scratches the itch of like seeing like you know people get samurai sorted up it's just like it's like this long build and sometimes it's just like there's guys that die just because they're hoodlums and this is like well they're like they're, they're, they're doing a job <laughs> too like they're just like employees mm-hmm. of the guard and they've all sat there and watched and that's one of his points is like you all sat there and you did nothing but that's like that's mm-hmm. kind of like that's like not not surprised oh. about that like none of the they, they all just acted there and they're like oh yes and they probably laugh about it and then some of them were like "Well, oh, i told you we shouldn't have done that like and he's like shut up <laughs> it's like you, uh, you
2: there's like all these like backtracks you mean you saw he had bamboo blades and you mm-hmm. did nothing yeah. you wouldn't ask why he <laughs> needed 3 days yeah there's like
1: See, yeah. that so that was another thing with the uh the remake that was weird um uh the guy Who is the second? Never goes. He's just like keep going, and everyone's like, "Hey, dude, maybe just end it." And he's like, "Keep going." And then the guy who's like the head comes and pushes that guy, and then he does it. So I was kind of like, I also don't like that.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: I like I don't know. They were they were adding to weird things. I was just like, "Mm." I was like that. Not not what what I would do, but okay, whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you do you do you. Yeah
1: anyways sorry oh just so just to add that's one more difference
0: alex balazic uh half a star I seriously can't understand what people like about this movie. Its pacing is terrible. It's about 45 minutes too long. Action is too choreographed. And fake hair at close-ups is just hilariously bad. Why should I care about the main character who's telling the story of what happened? I have no investment in it. Seriously, people, go watch some actually good films. And stop pretending you like it because some critics said it's good. It's
1: not. Um... Actually good films like La Ventura which mm. alex gave five stars
0: there you go <laughs> that, <laughs>
3: what a strange choice and,
0: and and now you know the rest of the story
1: yeah they only have three favorite films one is contempt Ugh. one is all that jazz and one is the passenger from
0: 1975 oh, more more Antonioni. Antonioni. yeah fuck yeah. that guy that's <laughs> I agree. That's peak. It's like, man, you you dump on this movie and you
1: love that. Oof! I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, big love, Ventura and uh, contempt fan. It's like out of here. Get out of here. Hey,
0: one last one. Danny Rosspierski, one star. This movie is boring and pointless.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Danny Ross.
0: Subjectivity. Am I right?
1: Yeah, I uh, I see that. And he's got a William Wallace quote in his uh, in his letterbox. Ooh. It says, Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. <laughs> William Wallace. Mm-hmm. And then subquote, Thanos is the greatest movie character of all time. <laughs> Favorite films include Fight Club. <laughs> and I think I'll just end it right there.
2: Clockwork Orange, Boondock Saints, my kind of guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually, I mean... <laughs> the the next ones are Return of the King Requiem for a Dream Cinema Paradiso mm. so uh, I, I don't know but they gave uh. they also one star to come and see which i haven't seen but i feel like that's not a one star film <laughs> nope no, uh, no, that, no it's not no yeah. it's not
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: jared did you also happen to see uh the some of the poor reviews of the uh the remake i did not I'll send one to you right now. You, you you can decide whether or not you'd like to read this on on air or not. But uh, mm-hmm. just uh, I'm sending it your your okay. way just in case. Hold on, hold the phone. Ooh, one and I, a half. One it. and a half stars. Yeah. I'm load, loading it up. Uh, okay. Oh, Gary Collection. I think he watched the wrong Harry Carey this week. He watched the remake instead uh, of the original. Maybe that's the uh,
0: Maybe that's the gimmick. Uh huh. Gary's always fucking up, oh goody, more black and white Well, maybe he blogged the wrong way so though not the <laughs> though, 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 though not in the worst not though not the worst film in the collection this isn't in English and not in color two huge mm-hmm. knocks a movie about suicide fake suicide, and forced suicide. A story as old as time, man wants to die but is forced to live for other people. Other people die and instead of just killing himself, the man oh, the man has to go on a spree of bloodshed. It's actually pretty good but those syrup swillers in Canada don't seem to acknowledge me if I actually enjoy a film.
1: Well, we don't really acknowledge anyone to be fair. Or try not to. My <laughs> you email in.
0: What if, we, what if we hadn't watched? The, what if you hadn't clicked on that? It would be lost to time. Kind of man?
2: Canadian swindlers. What? The
1: worst kind. Syrup swillers. Uh, Syrup swillers. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I don't know what to tell you.
0: I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, any final words? On I think this movie the, is pretty good. Pretty good.
1: I, I give it a thumbs up.
0: <laughs> Thumbs to the side
3: um wait, wait, hold,
0: hold on though so this is a four star movie right thats that what you just you said it was a half a star up from three and a half, which would make it four and four stars is a thumb side. my goodness Justin how you, you I mean how uh, hard it is to impress you
2: yeah, I'm usually the guy that's just like hey uh, I like everything but um I mean it, it it's a slow burn um has great style to it. But, man, it it piles on. I don't know. Mm
1: -hmm. I get it.
0: After the break. You're still doing a thing. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Uh, After the break, bloodshed, and we discover that all podcasts are hollow.
1: I mean, nothing
2: really matters, Jared. It's just a shell. It's all facade. It's just a shell. Who gives a shit? Let me get my bamboo chopsticks. Ooh. Yeah. I have some sushi. <laughs> those, 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 <laughs>
1: those, 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 those were certainly sounds. Yeah. What is this, Duncan hour? What's going on here? <laughs>
0: RJ, are you going to show up to the the mayor of Creepsville with your, uh, I don't know, kitchen knife in your hand saying, hey, give, give me a job at City Hall, or I'm just going to kill myself right on your doorstep?
1: I tried when I was looking for a job. You know what they said? What? Do it. Wow. Look, I dare you. <laughs> I said, do it.
0: They made, you, they made you do it this is I mean this is creepsville you don't do you don't do that kind of stuff in creepsville it's a it's a bad place
1: they'll call you on it nine times out of ten they'll so still do it do it then uh, I don't know if I ever told you one time I was on a steak and it was a joke I was like we were waiting for food I was like man I'm hungry I can eat that whole bottle of ketchup and this guy I didn't really know I just met it an hour later he's like do it do it and I was like no I'm just I was just kidding he's like no do it He's like, I like calling people on things that they say, do it. And I was like, dude, I, mean, I was just kidding. And he's like, well, eat that thing right now. And I was like, I'm not going to, man. So I feel like that's kind of a Harry Carey situation, no? Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's some lack of empathy right there. Just
1: I, unaware of what was going on all around him, I think. Um,
0: you can email in at criterioncruise, yeah. at CriterionCruise at gmail.com and tell us <laughs> to sure. do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterbox. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnwolf, and Justin. Mm-hmm. Where are you?
2: I'm Justin Peterson on Letterbox like, and at movie Justin 198
3: at
0: on Twitter. How, how many thousand followers do you have on uh, Letterbox? Like th- last I looked, it was like over three thousand, but maybe it's more.
2: Oh man. He... You're behind the times. I'm up to six thousand. Jeez, Louise. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah. It's been a while. I, I, I often I just see you in my feed. I don't know if I actually click on your account until I actually look. But last time I looked, it was like thirty-six hundred or something like that. So that's six two seventy-six. That, yeah. that is a heck of a lot. Of
2: people. Yep. I got my ways. Got my mm. methods. That's We're of a-
0: on SoundCloud. Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play? We got Tumble YouTube, Tumblr. No, we got we have Patreon though. That's a cool way to be in the seat that Justin currently occupies. Not literally his seat at his home, but the virtual seat here on the
2: podcast. <gasps> sure, sure. As large as that audience grows, my hearts will always be with the Creeps. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's where
0: it belongs. Mm-hmm. Next week. A double header with double A. Aaron Ling of Ohio fame joins us for some Nicholas Rogue films. We got some Bad Timing and The Man Who Fell to Earth. Cause we're crazy. We're gonna talk about these two movies all in one okay, goddamn insane. episode. It is insane, absolutely insane. One of these movies is gonna get the short shift. Uh, that's okay. That's fine. We're gonna talk about what was it Albert Einstein and Marilyn Monroe, David Bowie, ripped, torn. Of Fre- Freddie got fingered fame. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, Freddie got fingered fame. Yeah, maybe and we will watch that as well.
0: Maybe we'll watch like the whole series of uh, Larry Sanders show. How about? Does that sound good to you, RJ? You want to watch? No problem. show was awesome.
1: Add yeah. it. Add it to the stack. I don't give a shit e- at e- this point.
0: Everyone should watch Larry Sanders. Mm-hmm. Primo. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Justin.
2: Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jernard. Today. Yeah. <laughs> enjoyed the uh, little debate here on the movie, and um, yeah,
0: I'm... We're, we're going to find out if we hit four hours here. I think we might just be a little shy, a little shy, but that's okay.
1: We'll see. We'll see. Before before we wrap her up, JP, you got anything to plug, or did Jared already say that?
2: No, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, best yeah best check us out. The Average Joe's Movie Clubcast um, on Bus Out. Best yeah, best out. Best yeah best we're best there. Best uh, but mostly my, uh, my letterboxd. I like to do quite a bit of writing there. So, if you like what I throw down on the page, give me a comment, give me a like. Would glad to hear from you. Also, write into the Cry and Creeps every single week. Ooh. No fail unless I fail to see uh, RJ's <laughs> little update saying, hey guys, by the way, we're going to be a few late. Day uh, um, early. Early on the show. That's what happened that week
0: oh that's it, my it, 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 it the my And that, end that of, wasn't your fault yeah, it was like it was like yeah. the end of Goldberg streak you know it was just razor ramon <laughs> had
1: to go what
0: was that kevin nash I can't, I can't remember good old wcw what a piece of shit company anyways okay, yeah.
2: thanks justin yeah, well, yeah. yeah thanks uh good hearing you canucks um more Liberal take on things, so it, it humbles a good Southern conservative like myself.
1: Southern boy, we're all show. We have no opinions on anything. That's right. Empathy. That, that's the message. message. Empathy. Yeah.
3: Well,
0: Empathies for chumps.
3: Good night, nerds. nerds. <gasps>